Hey everyone, this is episode 43 of Sketch Watch Play, a pop culture podcast talking movies, TV, cartoons, video games, and everything that comes with those. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and most third-party podcast apps and directories. If you want to stay updated or send us feedback and topic suggestions, you can email us at sketchwatchplay at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at sketchwatchplay, join the Discord server located in the episode descriptions, and if you enjoy what you hear, you can support the show by leaving positive reviews on Apple Podcasts and spreading the word to friends, family, social media, you name it. I am John Flurry, and today I'm happy to have an all-new first-time guest for today's episode. Uh, and personally, I can't think of anyone better suited to dive back into this well that we've dipped into many times, but this is a new era for it. Uh, longtime friend and cohort in quarantine, Mia McCauley. Mia, how are you? Uh, hey, John, I'm good. Um, hello, everyone. This is the first time on a podcast, so sorry if I'm a little awkward. It's okay. A lot of the awkwardness gets edited out and posted. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so for those, for the many of you who are like, who's Mia? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's actually my second cousin? I think second cousin. I think it's, it's along those lines. Uh, but we've been friends since college. Uh, a lot of similar interests in movies and such. Yeah. Um, uh, you were, for one, you were a long-time Lord of the Rings stan. I, I still am. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. You are. Oh, I thought you said for a long time. No. Oh, okay, now I get it. But yeah. I mean, it's been around a long time. Um, yeah, I saw Fellowship of the Ring 11 times in theaters, which was 33 hours, which is over 24 hours, which is a little insane, but I stand by it. Yeah, you should. That's a fantastic trilogy. <laughs> but I think in recent years, we have uh, bonded a lot over the MCU. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy how the MCU just sort of became like more and more of a thing. It kind of, I think, for we were t- talking about how our mutual obsession kind of snuck up on us. It totally snuck. I didn't really expect, I think maybe it was during the lead up to Infinity War where I realized like how whipped how Marvel. How deep in <laughs> yeah. you were. For me, I think it was a little earlier. I think it was um, a double punch because 2014 was both Winter Soldier, which is still my favorite MCU movie, mm-hmm. uh, and the first Guardians, which was like, mm-hmm. how can they sell us on this? And like, oh, here you go, like this. Yeah, I was impressed, but I wasn't like... Actually, maybe, like, I remember when the first Avengers movie came out. That was prior, yeah. But I didn't realize how freaking excited I would get. Because I was actually on holiday, I was in Paris, and I was only going to be there for four days. And I was like, I'm not, I'm absolutely not going to watch an American movie while I'm here. And I just saw the advertisements everywhere, and I, like, I couldn't help it. It was, like, (laughs) building, I was like, I saw it on the Metro, and, like, in McDonald's on TVs, and I was like, I have to see it. And, like, posters everywhere, and and so I saw it. So uh, the advertising did its job. Well, I I just, like, I was like, it was just building. I was like, I have, I, oh my god. Like, I was trying to put it out of my mind because I was excited but I was like it'll still be in theaters when I get back and the posters just kept going like no come on yeah they come kept on. you know like I saw all these like images we of got Tony Disney Stark. money we can <laughs> stick around <laughs> and like other people were excited too like that sure. was, yeah so it's kind of like it was it was fun to see like you know like French people going around like being like oh here's like my favorite like I could like I can't speak French but I could understand conversations like who do you like better you know like yeah. Yeah, and then it became, are you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, we the MCU is no stranger to this uh, to this <laughs> podcast. I have declared it, even if like you wouldn't see much of its movies in like my top. Well, you would see them in the top hundred, not not maybe not top ten, but uh, it is my favorite movie franchise of all time because it has managed to generally stay very consistently very like it averages to being a very good movie per mm-hmm. entry and uh, and. It, it's it's kind of against all odds that it's still going strong, like mm-hmm. that it kept going strong post Avengers, and now I'd say it's going strong post Endgame. That shouldn't happen in Hollywood. That 
Yeah, actually. That should be impossible. It's funny, because, like, I've seen other people react. Um, I can't, like, I don't know, every time Marvel comes out with something, and they're like, I don't know why we're surprised every time, but this was really like, good. Like, looking at how long it's been going and how many movies there have been, I'm like, I should, by all odds, by all factors, be sick of this. I should have moved on, but oh, I no. haven't. Wait, it's just such a fun, it's, it's... It, I don't know, like, I, it doesn't come out too often, at least, like, the movies, you know, it's not like you're constantly bombarded with them. I disagree, because they've they've ramped up the uh, frequency, and this year, to make up for lost time, you know, we're getting, okay. this whole end of the year is crowded. We just got Shang-Chi, which we'll be talking about, yeah. Black Widow wasn't that long ago, and then we're getting Eternals next month, and Far From Home in December, so. Well, you know. But there's going to be a little more spaced out again next But year. everyone could use a little more, like, celebration after, like, the the dearth of, like, last year. After know? COVID in general. Yeah. After 2020 in general. Yeah, and, like, movie you didn't go to the movie theater and stuff. Not much. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think I've said that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was my last movie pre-COVID. I didn't even like it that much. <laughs> uh, but Black Widow was my first one back, and now Shang-Chi. And now there's other, there's other like, indie stuff I want to see. I want to support smaller movies, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious about Lamb. Have you heard about that one? No. It's, like, a horror comedy where this, this like, this shepherd couple in, like, the Netherlands one of their ewes gives birth to a lamb with a human body, and so they adopt it. A lamb with a human body? Like, it has human legs and proportions and fingers, but it has a lamb's head. Like a centaur or something? Like, a no, reverse? <laughs> like like a human body and a lamb head. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> why? Did, I'm hearing good things. I mean, like, do they explain why this happened? I don't know. I'm not, people, the reviews have said it's best to go in blind. I wonder if it's, like, a... <laughs> or or the devil, yeah, or both. Mm-hmm. They go hand in hand. Yeah, like um, the Sphinx thing. We're not here to talk about lamb, uh, okay. but uh, but it has been fun. Like we've kind of uh, we're kind of both in in similar uh, living conditions during COVID in terms mm-hmm. of like you know not having roommates and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and we don't live that far from each other. No, not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also thank God for phones. Uh, we've yeah. had a lot of times where we just chat for like I think yesterday we chatted for two hours I just we I, didn't even intend to it was to reschedule this this exactly. this uh, recording but it was just talking about Shang-Chi and like and the show like, like we've already um we've done uh, I wrote down we've done uh, three screenings together viewings together of of uh, MCU movies. One was actually a second time for me. Uh, we saw Dark World, which mm-hmm. uh, I remember because you were a Loki fan girl. Mm-hmm. You kind of come back around. I know, but it was hard, like before Thanos, to take any Loki death scene seriously. I was like, yes. this is touching, and I was also like, is it though? Yes, <laughs> he, he dies, comes back, so comes back within that same movie. Yeah, um, but it did lead to uh, hit to Anthony Hopkins going, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, the second was Ant Man, which I remember the <laughs> speak. Oh, God comes full circle. Like they killed lambs, and you were really, really pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I might have well has just like walked out of the movie at that point. You didn't, but you were like, "Do you really need to do you show that? Do you really need to show squishing those lambs?" Yeah, that was kind of like one of those like I don't know when a villain crosses over from just being a villain to being like an asshole, where I'm just like, "Well, now I just hate you." I think we're going to talk someone who went from villain to asshole and mm-hmm. this. The 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 shows are being quite good at that. <laughs> uh, and the third was Infinity War, which I had seen opening day. I think you saw it like a week or two later, and you managed to remain unspoiled. And I'm never going to forget. Uh, cutting the credits, and you just very matter-of-fact, and I would go, what the fuck? <laughs> how la- how audibly did I say that? It was, it was, it, you weren't yelling it, but it was pretty, like, room, it was not <laughs> it theater was not volume. Subdued. It wasn't like, what the But fuck? I'm sure you weren't the only one doing that in, in, <laughs> at screenings, for those who, like, went in without being spoiled. I can't believe, because I don't, I forget how late I saw that, not, like, super late. Not super late. Not super late, but not, like, opening night. No. And I... 
even though Mark Ruffalo was like trying to spoil everyone, I happened to like, I was like, I know a lot of people are going to die. People are talking about this like it's really serious. It's like, and I was really worried about Bucky. And I was just yeah. like, it's going to be tough. He said, you know, we're going to experience more loss than we do in a Marvel movie. But then I was just like, what is happening? And it was, and it's honestly, I, I think it's like one of the iconic moments like of our generation in the cinema it's it's that and then avengers assemble yeah that but i mean like you know i I felt like we haven't had one of those of our own you know there was like the darth vader like i am your father there was like psycho way before that yeah we talked about psycho and how that that messed audiences up yeah and you know there's all this like people had like these iconic experiences and like everyone i feel like was like just sort of as a whole traumatized by that or at least uh I Def- was. Or at least t- talking about it. Well, it, it was just because, like, these movies are so fun and harmless, and that's what, like, you kind of get, right. you know, they're like, it's harmless fun. And then all of a sudden, it, like, just really went from, not even, from, like, zero to a hundred, it just suddenly went from being somebody who always pats you on the shoulder to, like, this vicious to stabbing punch. stabbing you. Yeah. <laughs> like a snake. <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> we were eight at the time. Um... <laughs> But, so, after that, uh, we saw, yeah, we saw Endgame separately, and, oh, you've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, but not Cap- Captain Marvel, right? Um, I have not seen Captain Marvel. I'm trying to think if there's, like, other... Ant-Man I... and the Wasp had an, had an important credit scene. I, I, did I, 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 th- I saw the credit scene. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, one I haven't seen. I haven't like... seen Captain Marvel. I haven't seen the latest, uh, Spider-Man movie. Okay, so, of, you have, so of the post-Endgame movies, you've only seen Shang-Chi. Yeah, so, okay, well, there's, we have, uh, the other thing is, the stuff we're going to talk about today, uh, we've kind of been bonding over the past couple months and weeks, mm-hmm. particularly uh, the shows. Yeah, we watch them, to, like, a lot together. Yeah, we, we, I'll, we're going to talk each show individually in depth, but uh, mm-hmm. we watched one division separately. Yeah. I saw Falcon the Winter Soldier as it came out, but then rewatched it with you in two sessions. Mm-hmm. We split it in half. And I saw the first two episodes of Loki and then didn't get around to finishing it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched, again, binged it in two sessions. So we yeah. were kind of... I, I had a few things spoiled, but not a... Me too. A lot, not all of it. <laughs> so there were still some some vo- moments that were, we were both very vocal about. Yeah, me too. I can't really remember... Like I don't remember if I'm vocal if I shout like what the fuck you, or something. You had a you had a moment during Loki that we'll get to. <laughs> like it, it made me laugh. You had several. You had some in Falcon Winter Soldier. There were like I'm gonna say like we're gonna say like there were characters that you were very uh, heated about. Well, with like and stuff. I I was just watching Falcon Winter Soldier and I was just watching it. I was wrapped up in it and then you had this huge reaction to my reaction and I was like oh is, was that unnormal to scream like you bitch at the TV? I, I I'm not really used to. <laughs> <laughs> people like calling people bitches at the movies and, TV. and that loudly and angrily. Yeah, maybe part of it was that it was it was we weren't in a crowded room, so it was it was less. It wasn't like there were consequences for it, but like yeah. my parents aren't the type to uh, swear. At the TV. Yeah, and neither neither is my my friends and and my mm-hmm. my siblings. But I feel uh, like I do all the time, but I just don't realize it. And I was like, oh, they, that, yeah, that that's something up. I do. That adds up. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so it's not just so this episode is going to be like our most in depth dive into the MCU since. I think it's episode 10 that was our initial assessment of it as a whole up to, I'm trying to remember what the latest one at that point was in like early 2017, probably uh, uh, Doctor Strange or, or Civil War and stuff oh, yeah, like that. that's another one I haven't seen. Yes. And you, that was a choice. That was a choice. You, you uh, boycotted it because of the ancient one whitewashing controversy. 
boycott is kind of a strong word. Avoided. I, I would say, like, I actively chose not to participate in it. I was okay. a little, yeah, I was annoyed at the, the, not just whitewashing, but still using Asians as set dressing and, and like, the, the magical minority, um, like, token. They were still using that, but they were just like, don't worry, that you won't see any yellow faces. It'll just be white faces. Yeah. But, so I in, found it very insulting. In contrast to Shang-Chi, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll get that in just a sec. But, um, well, but I will say, like, I've warmed up to Doctor Strange. Like, himself. Yeah, himself. Yeah, I, he I was great in Infinity War. Didn't we see Thor? No, we, I don't think we saw Ragnarok together. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I saw, like, I've, I think that was the first time I saw him. Yeah. And I was like, all right, he was all right. He was kind of cool. And I had to get used to his American accent. Sure, <laughs> sure. Because you were very familiar with Cumberbatch's existing work, like yeah. uh, Sherlock and stuff. Yeah, but he, he does a better job at least than, uh, I don't know what his agent name is, but Martin Freeman. Like, every time he's on screen, I'm just giggling. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was not, like, critiquing Martin Freeman's American <laughs> accent, but I was so thrown off by it. it was, because I'm no, like, but it's silly. I, he was someone I was very familiar with, and it was very... Very trippy to hear him. He was like Wakanda shepherds textiles. I was like, okay, shepherds, Wakanda. I was just like, he was saying everything condescending. Oh, Black Panther, (laughs) don't bring me in here anymore. All right, (laughs) that's good. What happened Uh, to that guy? Is he still in the MCU? Oh, uh, Martin Freeman's character. Yeah, yeah, I think he's confirmed he's going to be in Wakanda forever. Oh, okay. I think because I think some of the cast members have been like they can't get to all details, but they've gone to like you know, the process of doing it without Bozeman and stuff like that, mm-hmm, which is, mm-hmm. it, it, it must be so surreal. Yeah, yeah. I've actually read that um, Ryan Coogler, the writer-director, mm-hmm. he has publicly said, like, this is the hardest thing of my of my professional career I've ever had to do. No, I think it's Because it, it was, hard. like, yeah. so unplanned. There's so much, I'm sure there's still so much grief for them because they all bonded. Yeah, no, and I mean, it was hard on, like, the fans, but... I it was mean, hard on everyone, but it's, yeah. but, like, we didn't even know the guy. I Imagine know. that you became friends with him and stuff, and then yeah. all of a sudden, because I don't know if they knew that he, because he kept it very serious. The yeah, I think only like his family knew. I think I saw like Michael B. Jordan tweeting on the day. Um, yeah. Oh, I, did I tell you how I like my initial process of of not, not even grieving, but like uh, finding out because I saw on, I load up on my new movie news sites uh-huh. on the day, and I just saw the headline was people paint like Marvel staff paying tribute to Travis Bozeman, and I went, oh, what'd he do? What awesome thing did he do? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I well, clicked it and I did a double take. I, huh? I, well, I opened Tumblr and I was seeing pictures of him everywhere. And yeah. I was like... What'd he do? And I was what'd like, they announce? I was like, what's going on? Because, like, um, usually if I open Tumblr and a celebrity's everywhere, I get suspicious. I'm like, oh my God, did they die? But you didn't go to death in this point. I, I didn't really. I was just like, you know, is it his birthday? <laughs> And then I like. Then I saw it. Did a little digging, and, and it just like, uh, yeah, it was just you just sat with it for a long time. Yeah, I had to process that. I was, I was like, that wasn't even. I don't know if I call it shock. I think it was like does not compute. Like, no, no, he was fine. He was fine. He I, was, he was just. He's forty three. He was, he was a per tip top digit. What the hell? I know, and he was like, it's like you know, like super buff, and I was just like, but like, I was like, I just, I don't know, like this is. Very selfish from a fan perspective. He was here a minute ago. I know. It was just like, ugh, I was, you know, I watched him on SNL. Like, yeah. You know, like um, on Black Jeopardy. Sur- yeah, and it was surreal because he had stuff come out posthumously. Both them, um, I've heard he's great in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's the one where everybody wanted him to get an Oscar and then Anthony Hopkins got it. And everybody went, oh. what the fuck? Oh, no. Um, and uh, I've seen a little bit of, of What If, that he, you know, where, mm. that's his actual last performance as T'Challa. Mm. and. That was, I think I told you, like, when I saw that episode of him being Star-Lord, mm-hmm. and it ended and did a little tribute, I think that's when I finally teared up a bit. So oh. it was him like, oh, 
this is it. Yeah, like, I don't know that's, if I that's, can watch there's, there's it. There's no more. Like, I don't know if I can watch it because, like, I'm very afraid of, like, emotional reactions to yeah, stuff. Yeah, I told you about, though, because it's so funny how, like, man, he... He as Star Wars made everybody's life so much better compared to Quill because yeah. Quill's mm-hmm. a dumbass. <laughs> um, like when you see like this version of Thanos and Nebula, it's like, oh wow. Are you saying that Black Panther Star Lord didn't turn into Pac Man and start chomping things up? No, because he never met Ego, at least from what we saw. Do you think he would turn into Pac Man? <laughs> no, because he did not have Ego's blood in him. Okay. That's why that's why Quill could do it. Mm-hmm. And no, I think he would probably turn into a Panther. <laughs> that's yeah. So we've talked about uh, you know one other one things like like you know Doctor Strange being you know. Uh, pushing some buttons and just not not doing the original great the movie. Yeah the, yeah, the movie, not the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like in terms of like depiction, and especially with Asian culture. Mm-hmm. And to clarify, Mia is Mia is half Asian. So yeah. uh, your mother's uh, Filipino. Uh, yes, she is. Yes, born so, in the Philippines. Yes, exactly. So uh, that kind of stuff is rightfully important uh, to her. And I mean, it should be important to everyone. But you yeah. know. I don't think you felt the, the, that same way about. We just saw uh, Shang Chi about a week ago, and. I, the, our post screening, I haven't seen you so like hyped in a good while. <laughs> I thought I could change my name, start a new life, but I could never escape his shadow. Yeah, you, like I remember, like you coming out of the the theater thing because I was waiting in the lobby, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Wow, you really liked that movie, didn't you?" And I was like, "Why? What was giving off that vibe? Yes. I don't know. Maybe I was just like running around." And to in be fair, circle. I enjoyed it too, but like standard <laughs> MCU level. But this was you were saying like I feel seen. This oh, is yeah, Black no. Panther. Oh, that's true. It did. I did feel seen. It actually had an effect on me where it really elevated my mood and nice. like. Hmm? Nice. Yeah, and it just I mean I loved I loved seeing Black Panther because it was really nice to see kind of a western film. You know, it, it's a Hollywood film. It's an American movie. Yeah, you know, it's a Hollywood movie. It's an MCU. It's like a big um, you know, uh, like staple franchise or something. Yeah. But it was like it was really refreshing to see it about not, you know, every there's like that joke is like why is it always New York, you know? Like even not only among like North Americans and Europeans, not only among like English speakers. You know, I, I I think I sat. Yeah, I saw the Avengers in Paris, and my French friend turned to me and he's like, "Why is it always New York? Why is it always Americans?" And he was like, "We get really bored of this." So I saw Black Panther, and it was really refreshing. But this one, I just there were so many things in it that I just like. I, I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is my life, and I love it." And we, you, you had to get home, so like, uh, yeah, we, it was, was kind of late. Yeah, it was late. Um, but I actually had too much energy to go. You home. asked, like, "Can we sit outside?" And I just talked to you about this movie. I was like, "Yeah, sure." And yeah, and then even after we said bye, I was like, I, you know, I was like, "Should I go home?" And I was like, "No, I'm just I'm feeling too wired." And I went back um, to like the, the courtyard, right? And I I think I was just on my phone looking up stuff about Shang Chi, but like passerbys would start talking to me, especially because if I would play with her dog, and they'd be like, "So how's your night?" And I was like, "I saw Shang Chi." They were like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, I was talking to one guy I was like it's the Asian Black Panther I can't believe it and he's just like oh like maybe I should see it like you sound really excited (laughs) (laughs) yeah um now let me ask did you have any familiarity with the character before this movie no I don't think I had even heard of him before they announced the movie like he's a deep cut yeah yeah like I don't know anything about his comics I don't know if he's related to the like the whole Mandarin thing I don't know that much about what the actual the character of the Mandarin is I think he I I did a little research because I'm not an expert on the comics Mm -hmm. um he started, now he was conceived in the early 70s due to 
America having a big interest in martial arts at the time. I was going to say because Kung Fu Kung awesome. Fu, Bruce Lee. Yeah. Uh, like that, that era. And I'm glad like, they didn't Iron Fist it. Like. Oh, in this case, yes. yes. Yeah. No. Um, poor Iron Fist. I know, but I'm just glad that if you're going to use like Asian, like that the was coolness the of Asianness. Please use an Asian. That was the complaint, and it also turned out to be like a bad show by most accounts. Uh-huh. No, there's there's actually stuff that they did. Uh, they were careful to update from the comics mm-hmm. in terms of like being PC and you know respectful. See, one of the things in the original version of the comics, his father uh, wasn't the Mandarin or Wen Wu. Wen Wu was kind of an amalgamation of certain things, and okay. also partially new. His father was Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu, which is like a very like stock public domain stereotypical character. Yeah, I was like, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Obi Wan Fu Manchu, there's a name I have. No, um, <laughs> uh, he. I think part of it was like they didn't even own the rights to him at the at, at this point, but they were also like that's kind of considered like that's like a go to for like like you know in the way like Uncle Tom is like that's that's a stereotype. Yeah, but I do believe in other versions. Uh, yes, the the actual Mandarin had if he wasn't his father, there were connections to uh, to Shang Chi, and this goes back to Iron Man three because there was a lot of. I mean, I kind of love I kind of love that movie, but I'm also not a diehard comics fan, so I took the the twist in stride more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were people who were like genuine fans of the character and were like, "Well, this is disrespectful." I and mean, they also people point out even beyond that, you get Ben Kingsley, um, you know, someone of Middle Eastern Jewish descent, to play mm-hmm. an East Asian character. Well, that's kind of weird. Yeah, and also wasn't he? Pl- I mean, he was playing an actor, but he was playing a terrorist at first. Like, didn't he like make those terrorist like propaganda videos or something? Yeah, he he, he was he did. Uh, they would hijack the airwaves. So, yeah, and so. I was a little like, ugh. <laughs> they even say like we wanted to fit like stereotypical, mm-hmm. which, and so this movie feels. Like, um, I think we just kind of go all over the place with it. Like, spoilers, obviously. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> the fact that not only is do we get a scene where Wenwu is talking about the the existence of the Mandarin, the Mandarin. quote-unquote, mm-hmm. he was saying, like, yeah, they named us after a chicken, they, they named a chick after an orange chicken dish. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, to kind of acknowledge, like, so did you know about the short film they did after Iron Man 3 with Trevor? No. There were a couple times where they did some shorts that were attached to DVDs. There was one about Peggy Carter. Okay. There was one about Colston on the way to Thor's Hammer. Uh-huh. Uh, and there was this one where Trevor, you know, went to prison for in after Iron Man 3. And he gets broken out by by uh, what we now know as Wenwu's goons. And they say there's oh. like, there's a real world equivalent to what we were going for. And he wants to see you. Oh. And uh, and it's established in this. They were going to kill him, but they were so amused mm-hmm. by yeah. his. He kind of became like a jester. Yeah, and then he became like important to the plot because he spoke to what Morris. Was it? Morris, yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, I don't know why he could speak to Morris. I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> like if they I, explain it, or if it's just they he's they weird. don't. But maybe they just spend enough time together that <laughs> maybe they're like, on the same like brain wavelength, the same psychedelic hippie. Brain, <laughs> yeah, because Trevor was pretty drugged up. But when the idea is that he was kind of down on his luck and a drug addict, and that's what they why they got him this gig. Uh, but I think they. Is that he's kind of sober at this point. He's just a naturally weird guy. Well, yeah, as we find out with his like past and why he got into acting. Oh my god, we've been quoting the Planet of the Apes speech. Like he never realized those were people in suits. Like, those were monkeys. They trained to act. Yeah, and then he's like, I didn't realize the monkeys were acting like they're riding on horses. <laughs> but uh, it it was so cool. I just think it's crazy that they got uh, Ben Kingsley back and kept it totally a, a secret. 
He, oh, was, yeah. he wasn't in the promos. That was that was like you were meant to be surprised that they brought him back. Yeah, and that's always good for them to like pull out a cameo like that. You don't want to spoil every. Cameo. They had a couple yeah. cases like that in Endgame, like with the Ancient One and, and some of the Winter Soldier cast. Yeah, I wasn't that. that excited to see her. I know, but like in Thor and Dark World, I mean, they always have like small cameos. Oh, the Captain America. Yeah, that's I was, the best part of that movie. I know. And I remember like the audience and like reacting to me reacting to it, like yeah, yeah. and punch something like, or whatever he said. <laughs> oh, he's, he's kind like, of playing, God bless America. It's kind of Chris. Evans playing Captain America by way of his Scott Pilgrim character. <laughs> Prepare to suffer the wrath of the League of Evil Axes. I actually saw a behind the scenes because I've been watching some of the behind the scenes stuff on YouTube. Yeah. But I saw Tom Hiddleston do the scene first in like Captain America garb. Oh, and for reference? Yeah. And then like, because he was, you know, he's like, God bless America. So I think his whole, you know, he was like, ooh, the righteousness. I can feel it, sir. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think. Um, I what, wonder if anybody was improv by either of them. I, I, they might have like ripped off each other or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, but getting back to Shang Chi, I think one of the neat things is, and I think this ties into its identity, because we're talking post Endgame films compared to both Black Widow and Far From Home, which feel much more tonally and and visually, you know, familiar familiar territory. I feel like this ends up giving a very different vibe and goes in directions new to the MCU because its first half is you know kind of urban martial arts action movie, mm-hmm. uh, and then it becomes like epic fantasy with a heavy eastern influence yeah the the magical land they go to is that tao le i don't remember the name but okay um because i i I felt like that was a little poorly explained i can't maybe just because i can't remember it but it's a little established in the beginning when when Wu and it's basically a different mystical realm, which I think ties into the multiverse. Idea. Yeah, I mean, like when Wu discovers this lady in the forest, and she's like, "You're not welcome to our village, and you can't see anyone else." So you're like, "What village are you talking about?" And it's clear that it's like a hidden kind of thing, right? And then that scene establishes that the way to a man's heart is to kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, it also kind of establishes them as both being a little like superhuman or having superhuman abilities. Like yeah. he's, he has the rings, I think, at this and point. she can be from this realm. Yeah, yeah um, like, and I gotta say. You, because you were, I think that's one of the things you were most hyped for going in was Tony, Le- the casting of Tony mm-hmm. Leung. Yeah, and I, I was like, I know his name, but I've never seen anything of him. And you rattled off a bunch of, <laughs> of, of, of Asian like, cinema he's done. And I'm like, I haven't heard of any of those. Uh, you've heard of Hero with Jet Li. Oh, that's right, Hero. But there were some others you mentioned that I was... Oh, oh, well, he's in... Well, one thing, like, Hero, Jet Li, that's, like, kind of from mainland China. Right. Like, he speaks Mandarin in that, which he speaks here in, in Shang-Chi. But he's a Hong Kong actor, and most of his films, especially from, like, when like the beginning of his career, like, it's only been recently where he's been in these, like, big China films, like mm-hmm. Hero. Um, he started a lot of smaller stuff. Well, small, like, Hong Kong stuff. So, Hong Kong stuff is... Up until now, like very recently, has but been... I mean like high profile Hong Kong films or oh yeah well he he was in the original The Departed um, The okay. Departed oh, okay. is based on a, a movie yeah. with Tony Leung called Infernal Affairs um, yeah I like to see both of those sometimes. yeah and they you know like big profile stuff like I mean he also like he worked on a couple indie things but they're also like you know one of those like popular indie things like when I say Wong Kar Wai is an indie director he's kind of like Sofia Coppola kind of you know like where people recognize and like it's it's not one of those like 20 people have seen this film it's like sort of art house but yeah the more popular okay i have if we're talking sophia coppola i have seen lost in translation Mm -hmm. yeah like and and lost in translation is like a movie that a lot of people talk about it's kind of like yeah it's on the fringe between like not unknown but not mainstream either yeah and like wong kar wai i mean in the mood for love is pretty iconic 
he stars opposite opposite that uh, Maggie Chung, uh, mm-hmm. and she plays his love interest in Hero, and their their whole love is like a big plot point to the thing. Okay, that's cool. Um, so this has been today's episode of recommending Tony Leung movies. <laughs> like I haven't even scratched the surface yet, but I want to like go into it more. But um, but talking about, but also like the rest of the cast. Uh, I feel like this is most people's introduction to uh, Simu Liu. Yeah. Because he's most of the TV my introduction. work. introduction. Um, a very charming guy. And is, he's like a Canadian actor, isn't he? So, like, I think does the stuff he's been doing, like, mostly Canadian. He did this show called... Um, Kim's something? Kim's Convenience, where uh-huh. he played... Yeah, we worked at a convenience store. And I don't know what other movies he's done here. I think, I think this might just be a, a case where Marvel has enough clout that they can get someone who has, like, a small... Mm-hmm. If you're talking that, like, well, it's not Chris like... Chris Hemsworth was totally unknown. Right. Well, it's also, the, you know, people... This is also the thing that people talk about where um, it's that Catch-22 of, like, Hollywood as being like, well, there, there aren't big Asian actors in headline movies. And it's like, yeah, because you won't give any of them a chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, this is kind of, like, helping set up a new one, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Now I'm a, now I'm a huge Simula fan. Yeah, he was cool. And uh, Aquafina's already become a big name through yeah. multiple avenues at this point. And Disney's fond of her because she was in Ryan, The Last Dragon. Oh, I didn't know that. I need to see that. Um, she voices The Last Dragon. <laughs> uh, and very, they have some really good chemistry together since they're these lifelong friends. Yeah. And the way the movie ends, I'm like, I'd be fine with them either being together or still being friends because mm-hmm. they kind of feel like just they're just such a good pair. What yeah, it, what happens. Very, it felt a little will-they-won't-they they sometimes, but also like... It, the what, end made it kind of vague because it felt like some time had passed since they... Yeah, uh, but also felt like their friendship was really important, but you couldn't really tell, you know, it's like... Yeah, and I was going to say... Um, so, something that I wanted to ask you about. So, the director, whose name is uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, who, mm-hmm. despite having a very western sounding name, is an Asian director. Yeah, I didn't know he was Asian until you told me. Yeah, he, the main thing he did that I was aware of was this uh, drama called Glass House with Brie Larson and a couple others, which was apparently not great, but I mm-hmm. think he did another drama that people really liked, mm-hmm. and then he wrote, like, a Christian drama that people didn't like, so he's, oh. he's very up and down, up and down, yeah. but this is, I think, squarely in the hit territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest hits of the year. I think it has been maybe dethroned by Venom. Uh, oh. Venom's got a posse, got to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talked about uh, Shang-Chi and, and Katie, Aquafina's characters, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like the setup that they have when they're both valets and like yeah. their families are kind of, or her family's kind of urgent. Like, you know, like, find a calling. Get, why aren't you married? And that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, he talked about, he kind of, he... Because I, I think he might have been involved in the writing part, or at least he, he contributed to it. He said he made it a relatable struggle for a lot of Asian Americans due to their own expectations as well as those of their parents and society. Yeah, well, like, one of the reasons why I was, like, so excited when I saw this, um, like, it's not... I, I feel like an Asian American or, um, uh, like, Asian diasporas, like, you know, like, Simulio is Canadian, like, um, just Asian people in the West or in other countries, like... There was just so much relatable stuff, but it's relatable. It's, it's, I don't know if like you can call it a small subsect. I don't actually know the numbers. You know, it's my experience, so to me, it's normalized. Yeah. Um, and I very rarely see things that are like targeted to that experience. You know, the Joy Luck Club was like the one thing I had for the longest yeah. time. Yeah, it's certainly not in American blockbusters much. Yeah, no. It, like, you know, and it's it's very much like, here's an Asian movie. It's like for like Asian Americans. Like, we're the only people who are going to watch it. Um, I don't know, basically that. But I remember I saw Harold and Kumar, like the poster of it. Right. And even seeing that poster, like, I, I was leaving the theater from some movie and I, I've never, I never heard of it. 
and I walked over there because I was just drawn by magnetism. So did like I was with my friend, and she uh, is Chilean and Palestinian, and like and I'm Filipino and Irish. So neither of us were Korean American or Indian American, but we're both so like quote unquote other that we just we were so, like gravitated towards that poster and stared at it for the longest time like we couldn't believe what we were seeing and then I was like it's kind of like us <laughs> and, that's cool yeah and I, I, actually I think that kind of comes full circle because wasn't that John Cho who was also in Star Trek and you talked about seeing uh, yeah and seeing Sulu be, be a badass and that sort of stuff yeah um, and I was like I uh, in college I dated uh, a guy who was Taiwanese American and uh, I could just like I could feel his discomfort um, when we would be watching TV or movies if they're gonna pull off a like oh it's an Asian guy he's an idiot kind of joke or it's oh an like like an eighties comedies and stuff definitely like an eighties comedies and, or or just like he's dorky he because like, yeah, he sure. thinks the girl will like him or like and like um, instead of just you know him being a person exactly and then like a, a regular person a heroic person and um, the theater was you know they what's his name John Cho Kirk, Kirk. <laughs> like, oh uh, uh, Chris Pine well yeah Chris I mean Kirk and like all of them they're going to do some some random little mission and that's you're still getting introduced to Sulu and he asked like what's your fighting ability and he says fencing and the whole audience like laughed and I could feel the guy I was dating at the time I could feel him sort of cringe, cringe. a little um, and then I could feel like I could actually just feel his like exhale of relief and and just when he actually grabbed, fought, yeah. When he like pulled out a sword and it was a badass, and he, yeah. he ends up saving Kirk, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of would give a little credit to that because I think um, even, I mean, no, especially in the '60s, because they they still had that uh, multicultural cast. No, yeah, Star Trek is a big like exception to the rule in terms of like representation yeah. and media. They had a black captain in the '90s. I mean, that's that was so yeah, you know, keeps going. And I mm-hmm. think now the latest one is a black female captain. Oh, Discovery. Sasha? Okay. <laughs> no, um, no, Discovery. I think... I don't remember... I don't know the characters. I think the character's name. I mean, I, Sasha I wa- from The Walking Dead. I don't know. There you go, yeah. Um, yeah, Walking Dead, my favorite Star Trek series. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I was like, oh, I think I know the actress. But, um, yeah, like, Star... Uh, like, people always, when they talk about represent, like minority represent, representation in Western media, they always bring up Star Trek. They're like, and, and that's like the one... Like, here's how you, here's a good example. Yeah, it's like kind of the exception to the rule. Um, I think even um, Whoopi Goldberg met, said that like, when she saw, um, what's her name? Uh, I, what's the, what's the black, uh, like, officer's name? The, the woman? On like, Discovery or? Oh, oh, Uhura. Ohura, yeah. I thought you were talking, I thought you were talking no, later talking Star Trek. No, I was talking about, like, no, yeah, the Yeah, Ohura, cast. that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg saw Ahura and she, like, ran to her mom, and she was like, like, Mom, there's a black lady on TV, and she's not a maid. You oh, know? that's cool. Like, those things, like, matter to people. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember when I saw Rufio. I, I, you told me about Rufio. Yeah, and I, was, I must have been, like, super young, like, and I didn't understand why. It, but straight-up Filipino. Uh, well, yeah, and I was just like, the only time I'd seen... Asian people before, or if they were like that 80s, like uh, whatever his name is, that romantic comedy guy who does like 16 Candles or whatever. The Donga or whatever. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, if it was like that awful stereotype, or if it was like Viet Cong and it was like just like. The these, enemies. Yeah, these nameless enemies, like who you're supposed to hate. And I, 
I didn't even know what was going on, but me and my brother, we were watching it together, and we we were just like we stopped and we looked at it, and 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 it was and, and it was such a weird feeling to see somebody like that and to see him be cool and and now you get it on an even bigger scale, like fo- yeah. like the, the it's the central focus, not even like a side character. It's like most of the cast. Yeah, and it's part of the MCU, which is like it's the MCU, man. <laughs> it's a it's the, you, you get a big spotlight on that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just like oh, here's like a random. Indie movie, like it's, nope. it's you nope. know, one of the biggest movies of the year. Something we're so invested in, you know. Yeah, and it's and it's no, I'm, I'd say part one factor is the Disney Plus thing, but it it, it like radically outperformed Black Widow. Okay. Black Widow was actually mm-hmm. seen like box office as a bit of disappointment. I think that's be- might be because a lot of people went for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Disney made the call like the rest of the MCU movies this year, uh, initially theater only, and I think that I think that and good reviews it, it, it reviewed better than Black Widow too. Yeah, uh, well, um, I haven't seen Black Widow. Black Widow's good. We, mm-hmm. we talked about it in our past episode. I I would say I would have to watch these two, those two back to back, to see where I rank them. I liked No Way, uh, no Far From Home, but not as much as Homecoming. It's probably my least favorite of the of the post Endgame films, but still good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see where Eternals and uh, No Way at Home. The we, we I think we both saw the Eternals trailer for the first time in front of this movie. We were like, whoa. <laughs> I I was like, I think you were like, oh, this is Eternals, and I was like, this is. This is it like starts Marvel? out with just these two people talking in a shack in this wide open it thing. It does not it look It feels Marvel. like an indie movie. It didn't look Marvel at all. Like, and <laughs> but then Angelina Jolie and, and Kumail and uh, and and how Rob Stark, Rob Stark, Richard Madden, yeah, Richard Madden, and Jon Snow, Kit Harrington. Yes, both and, of them. And Brian Tyree Henry, my my favorite. Bit. I know a lot of people know Atlanta. I'm like, oh, the dad in Spider Verse. <laughs> um, so also, so he's 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 got Marvel territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but yeah, that movie looks super interesting and. Like no way home. It's just me with like geeking out over like for someone with like such strong nostalgia for the uh, the Tobey Maguire trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like seeing and seeing that we'll be bringing some of the villains back. And let's face, we're probably going to get those other Spider Men back. Yeah, uh, I don't I'm know. Very like, curious. I, I don't know. I hope it's not a Mephisto thing where we're all hoping it's going to happen and then it doesn't. This would hurt way more than Mephisto. Yeah. Who gives a shit about Mephisto? Well, uh, like we'll get to Mephisto. Okay. We'll get to what but, uh, what but, Marvel how Marvel has hurt us. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Marvel Marvel has hurt us with hurt me with their boner uh yeah that's that's the like what i we, most do not forgive them for i mean i have a marvel boner but then they get hurt me with their own boner like that's like if, i have the, i have this sense of humor of a 12 year old <laughs> like if i if i have a relationship with marvel it's been like i'm like i can't believe this relationship has been like yeah. so amazing and now so it's long. like that was the one like well they hurt you, they sometimes they hurt me a little bit but it's okay yeah it's no, okay. that was just like they can't do that too much like lost started to do that and that's why right. lost game of thrones was, no okay well, game of thrones didn't actually it was a whole season i mean no like one i stopped watching game of thrones but oh. but what game of thrones did was was disappointing but like one when i'm talking about lost i uh, lost pulled a lot of tricks on the fans well they're like this thing is going to be important and, and it they're wasn't, like yeah. And, yeah and they're like no we just wanted you to watch the next episode well, and well. after like them doing that like 14 times the fandom started to feel a little less you know like right. the 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 relationship wasn't as new you know it was tainted a well, little yeah uh, it, but but i okay I will say let's let's bring things back. Yeah, okay. Because like, we still have some stuff to say about Shang Chi. I oh. I actually um, thought that I wouldn't say that. So Wen Wu, the Tony Leung father, I wouldn't say he was one of my favorite Marvel villains, but I would say he's one of the most nuanced. Yeah, I mean that's they, not like, that they, hard to do. For the, I know, but it's so nice when you got to acknowledge <laughs> when they do it. Yeah, but like because they, they build him up as a monster. And he's certainly still doing bad things, but, like, you realize, like, man, he came close to pulling himself together. If his wife hadn't been assassinated, mm-hmm. he could have had been a good dad and a good guy, but it just, it broke him. 
was his wife assassinated because he went back to his bad ways? No, it was it was it was because of it stuff was he did before stuff he did long ago. Were, this okay. like a uh, crime syndicate, okay. and because uh, uh, he'd been doing stuff for centuries, he was yeah. he was an ageless pretty much, <laughs> and he, and so it kind of makes sense that like even if he stopped doing it for a while, there are going to be consequences, um, lingering consequences. I know, but that's really unfair. That's like. You know, you have to pay for your crimes, but not you, your wife. Well, he's not home, so I'll pay for it. <laughs> like, just, like, damn it. That's that's lazy. <laughs> I, oh, and I will say, because we talked about um, you having audible reactions. When when Shang-Chi talks about, like, yeah, I did take do that hit, and I did kill that, that mob boss, you were like, it's okay. He sucks. It is okay. He deserved it. <laughs> it. I mean, one, Tony Stark tried to do the same thing to the guy who killed his mom, and that guy wasn't even doing it of his own, like, volition. Well, yeah, you know? it wasn't his fault. And, and people, like... You know, you know, Civil War. There was people on Team Cap, Team Iron Man, but people aren't like Tony Stark's a bad guy. I was like, like Shang Chi, why? You, you, like he's like beating himself over. Like I'm a well, killer, I'm a bad person. I was like, please, you killed the guy think, who killed your mom. It, your mom didn't deserve to die. I don't think it was about this guy was did, didn't deserve consequences. I think it was more about Shang Chi didn't want to be a killer. But. It was fine, dude. See, this is why I can't take the serum. <laughs> like, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> no, but I'm just like, why are you being so overdramatic? Just like, dude, it's fine. Kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. Yeah. yeah. And then but he like took it. Like, but it ties into, you know, he didn't. He also didn't want to kill his father. Well, that's different. Like, that's a whole different thing. There's um, blood on his dad's hand. But I guess there was more of a connection to them. You, yeah. I mean, he can't. You can't. You can't just kill your. Like, Luke didn't. Try to true. Luke, yeah. Luke could have killed Vader, but he didn't. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and I was known uh, while we we're watching it. I was like, I, I was kind of going back and forth. I was like, oh, he's gonna have to kill his father. And then when he was like, I have to kill my father. I was like, oh no, he's gonna have to realize he can't. And then when they were fighting, I was like, well, he can't kill his father because if he he does, he will be disowned by every Asian. <laughs> Dishonor. <laughs> like no, they'll just be like, I don't know. Sorry. Oh yeah, your alarm that always goes off. You talked about. Yeah, that's in, in Mandarin. Uh, my phone announced. Oh, the and hour. I, yeah, I love the fact that you were saying like how like so much of this movie is subtitled Mandarin. I loved that. And you were saying how it was fun for you to understand it, but you said like there were a lot of times where the subtitles like embellished things. Yeah, like okay. it would it, he would say he would say like hello, and the and the subtitles would say hello, my son, or something. You're like he didn't say my son. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think part of it was I was, like, so hyped up in just seeing a film that was, like, half English, half Mandarin. Mm-hmm. I was just, because uh, I've remember, lived two years I remember China. a line that was a big deal to you when they go to his sister's, you know, fight club, and mm-hmm. there's the guy greeting them who's like, yeah. oh, it's cool, I speak ABC. Mm-hmm. Did um, you get that reference? Like, I'm no, sure. you had to explain it to me. Okay, because, like, the theater laughed, and I didn't know if they meant, if they thought ABC meant the alphabet, because that's not what it means. It means no. American-born Chinese. Yeah. Like, that's why I, like... I laughed when he said it because I was like, oh, this is so cute. Like, there's CBC, Canadian-born Chinese. ABC is a more, like, commonly referred to one. But I've lived two years in China, and and I am mixed race. So when I'm in China, sometimes Chinese will mistake me for being, like, they'll sometimes they'll ask, like, are you ABC? And I'm like, uh, no, actually. And then I have to explain, like, my whole parentage. Um uh, like what were we talking about before we got to ABC? Oh, the the, just, the, the, the subtitle Mandarin. I think I was just so excited to see a film that was half Mandarin, half English, especially because I've been trying to practice my Mandarin. Yeah, and there's like so, and I can't get Asian films like they're not. On you streaming. talked about how it's yeah, like we're now in the streaming age. It's very hard to find yeah. a lot a good resource for them in the in the, the U.S. I was trying to watch like some of Tony Leung's like films yeah. that I'd seen before, and I was like, you know, I used to order the DVDs on Netflix, and yeah. that yeah. we're past that age. Well, this still do it but it costs extra yeah but um i was like so excited just to understand the subtitles that um your phone was excited 
<laughs> my phone was excited um, and had to remind me. Like, I was just like, ha, ha, I understand what he said. And that's not exactly what he said. But they didn't change the meaning. Like, they didn't actually, like, make them say things that they weren't saying. They just... Embellished. Like yeah, they put it in a way that Americans, like, English yeah, speakers Yeah, like, it was a conscious it. choice. Like, you know, like, with a budget, they're not going to mistranslate. It's just they consciously were like, well, we'll add a little bit. Well, I've seen Iron Man 2 in, uh, I saw it in Wuhan, China, and... Like I, I wasn't constantly reading the subtitles, right. um, because I was like listening yeah, because to the English. You, you, you know your English. Um, but sometimes I do think they act like in China they will change the meaning occasionally. Yeah, and I, I think I told you how um, with Iron Man three, uh, in I guess an effort to you know uh, appeal to the Chinese market. Mm-hmm. At the end, when there's that montage and he talks about going getting surgery to remove the shrapnel, mm-hmm. they add like a ten minute scene yeah. of Chinese actors yeah. like talking about treating Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And apparently, even Chinese audience were like, "What the fuck is this?" Get back to Robert Downey Jr. Were they like, "This is a little pandering"? <laughs> I, it was distracting, especially because you hadn't. It was the, it was like the last five minutes of the movie, uh-huh. and we hadn't. We, we these were not established characters. Well, I heard that. Um, I think it's kept. Uh, the is it Civil War or um, I, I don't know what you're which what you're bringing up. You know his little notebook where he has references. Yes, they changed they changed that for certain the list for countries and like in I think for Korean audiences he was looking at a list written in Korean about Korean stuff. And people were like, but he's and, not Korean. No, actually, I think people were fine with it. I don't know. Oh, okay. like, that's what I heard. And I was well, that's like, that's like a quick gag. It's not the same as. But uh, that just makes no sense whatsoever. Captain Korea. Like he's like actively in front of like the Memorial. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, just, and he's like, yeah, I'm Captain America. And I have to learn about, like, oh, I missed out on, like, Wonder Girls or something. You know, like, Korean, um, like, Korean boy All those American stuff. hits. Yeah, like, I was just like, you know, if I'm watching a Chinese film, I don't expect them to be like, oh, and... You know, when I grew up, and then, like, hearing a robotic voice being, like, family ties, you know? <laughs> we'll get to something that referenced family ties. Yes, we will. Um, but, yeah, so, I do you have... I, I also just want to say, um, this has some fantastic action, even by MCU oh, standards. Yeah. I think, for me, the standout were the first two set pieces, one, the one on the bus, mm-hmm. which also one of the best recurring jokes with that streamer. Oh. What's up, everyone? I'm just, they won't let me that ride the bus. So, it was funny, but it was also, like, so realistic. Too real. Too real. You know, just, Especially, all that was, like, he was like, what's up? It's your boy. Yeah, all that's missing was him going, world star. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then, like, that scaffolding fight, like, that's, like, I think the tentest moments when Katie's out on that pole uh-huh. about, and you were, I think you were saying, like, you wondered if they were going to kill her or something. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I thought maybe that was going to, like, you know, um, I don't know. Be like a twist. Be the thing to like inspire. Shanti, oh you know? no, no, they don't have to fridge her. Yeah, yeah, I uh, know. It was in Deadpool too. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I also loved the callback in that because I thought it was gonna be a one-off thing where she starts singing Hotel California to try and oh, throw yeah. her off, and, <laughs> and, and she says something like, "Like, yeah, uh, randomness weakens stupid people or something." Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and no offense, but I'm just remembering how I showed you clips of Bobo and it legit gave you a panic attack. Well, no, that that's not even randomness. That's like that's just chaos. That's like a fever dream made. Fever Dream, like, plus speed, plus LSD. And it's awesome. No. It's pure awesome. No, no. I'm alone. I just want to escape from it and run away. (laughs) I'm alone. And so we we made a rule, like, I can't show Bobo's lips Yeah, because it honestly starts, like... It it emotionally affected you. I can't breathe. I'm like, this is... Like, Mad Libs are fun, but I don't want to see... Mad Mad Libs, the anime. Yeah, no, especially with this fast and this random. No, 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 no. Uh, But, uh, yeah, any remaining thoughts on 
Shang-Chi. Um, one, it had a dragon in it, which is awesome. Yes. I didn't know there was going to be a dragon they in it. They did not show the dragon. They showed, uh, I think, like the flying drone monsters and the Chinese lions. In the um, film. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder... Um, oh, did you know Michelle Yeoh was in it? Michelle Yeoh? Yeah. Um, uh... I'm trying to remember. Because you, you, you audibly were like, oh my god. Of course, she's like such a huge star. I freaked out when I saw her. I was just like, I was like waving my arm. I was like, it's Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. I, th- I don't remember if she was in the promos, but her casting was public. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't was like public. Trevor. I mean, I think I wasn't actually like, oh my god, she's in this movie. I was just like, oh, it's Michelle Yeoh. You know, like the like fan. <laughs> just happy to see her in anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's when, like, it, you know. I don't know, Hulk pops up in Thor, like, midway or something. Sure, you know? sure, sure. It's like, you're just like, oh, my, holy shit. And, I, like, because I kind of, you know, the movie had been going on for a while, so I kind of forgot. So what you're saying is Michelle Yeoh should have played the Hulk. Um, yes, that's another thing. <laughs> the role she was born She's a Bond girl and then plays the Hulk. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so obviously I I, I definitely enjoyed the movie as well. Um, I, I, like I said, I think it it does what you want an MC movie to do but i feel like it's also stylistically a breath of fresh air did it feel at all like weird to you did it feel like a foreign film or did it feel like a marvel film i mean i think if you look at the way the plot is laid out it feels like a marvel film mm-hmm. uh it's just that it, it it's in the same way as black panther like it is embracing a different culture mm-hmm. in the process mm-hmm. um and like i said the fact that you had like identifiable folklore creatures in the second half like the yeah. lions uh, i think i told you about the kitsune the multi-tailed like white fox things i mean that's like a thing across multiple asian cultures right that, but that's that I, I i was aware of that to go back to previous episode i talked to patrick or maybe it's uh the other podcast i'm doing with patrick i talked to him about how that inspired some pokemon or yeah, tales yeah, yeah, from yeah. sonic mm-hmm. uh like that so it was kind of trippy seeing that like i would never expect that to see in a marvel movie or the chinese lions or a freaking chinese dragon oh but it was awesome God. i was so excited to see the chinese dragon yeah yeah that was one of your <laughs> Like, this has dragons in it. And then I was so, like, thinking that the dragon, like, might die. I was like... Uh, it comes really close. I, and I was like, I can't. This, I was like, I know Shang-Chi... This will be like Infinity War, like, uh, all it, over <laughs> I was like, I know Shang-Chi's not going to die, but this dragon is not guaranteed. I, and I was just like, no, 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 no. This is Infinity War. Like, they, and like, getting its soul sucked out, too. Like, that was I, a brutal I, death. Uh, no, it was just, like, one, I was so excited to see a dragon. I'm here of the dragon. I yeah, have yeah. The only tattoo I have is a tattoo of a dragon. Yeah. Like... You like, you, you like you some dragons. I think um, on my keychain there's a dragon, <laughs> you know, like represent. And I, and I was like, oh my god, no, 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 no! Like, <laughs> <laughs> you give me a dragon only to kill it, but no, it's a Like I love Aquafina's character, but I was a little more like freaked out. I was like, I also want to run away. <laughs> I wanted to tell you something really funny, real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, so the main, I mean, you know, technically the main villain of this movie is the. Oh, well, I guess the final villain is uh, Dweller in Darkness, the big monster oh, with the yeah, tentacle. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. When was the main the monster? Yeah, the monster. Um. That's a character from the comics. I want to show you what he looks like in the comics. Like I couldn't stop laughing. Wow! Wow! I think they did a design <laughs> upgrade on him. They they made some. They took some creative liberties. For those who 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 you can look up Dweller in Darkness on Wikipedia, he's got like a Cthulhu face, a big comically like veiny brain. He's crossed arms like like a genie from Aladdin. He's got like a humanoid body. Um, what? Wait, and there's like what what part of the comics was he from? He. Uh, that's strange. Okay, I was like, was he a part of Shang-Chi? Because there's nothing no. Chinese about Oh, it his says design. allegedly sired by Cthulhu. He's the son of Cthulhu in the comics. Okay, yeah, because like, his design is totally different. Yes, I'm seeing here that it's, it's described in the movie version, more wyvern-like appearances depicted as a soul-consuming demon mm-hmm. uh, rather than some sort of 
It doesn't matter. This isn't about the comic version of Dwell yeah, in Darkness. Yeah, but Dwell in Darkness in Shang-Chi, he kind of looked like the combination of Chinese Dragon and Western Dragon. He definitely seemed a little bit more Western Dragon. More bird-like, I'd say. Um, yeah, kind of like Praerodactyl, pra- Pterodactyl, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you say Praerodactyl? Yes, I did. The praying... You cut that out. <laughs> no, I'm keeping that. It's too funny. It's too good. Um, I'm gonna Google it and use and use an image result as a thumbnail. Oh no! <laughs> prayer dactyl. That's how it's spelled, kind of. No, there's no T in prayer. Yeah, there's, there's a P in that word. I got you there. There's a P in the word, and the, it doesn't belong there. And I don't know why it's there. So uh, we both recommend Shang Chi. Uh, yeah, if definitely. you if you because you're saying you want to see it again, and you're having trouble finding it at local theaters um, uh, in the coming weeks. Well, it's yeah, it's not going to be. I'm going to Chicago soon, and it's not going to be uh, one. It's not going to be there when you go. Uh, it's going to be like a few theaters, but they're really far from where I'm staying. And sorry, my phone got excited again. They're really far from where I'm Ooh, staying. Chicago. <laughs> and they're also like really, you know, like maybe two showings or one showing. Um, but I am, I'm going to try to see it tomorrow because I just like, I think it will come out on streaming. Not that it's long. coming out in early November. It's yeah, very so soon. that's exciting. But um, I just I do want to see it again because I enjoyed it so much. The last act is a good thing to see on the big screen because it's huge. It's like yeah. the biggest scope of a post. Yeah, movie. and I think there's actually so much going on that I, I couldn't appreciate all of it. I was yeah. just like you know because sometimes I was like Tony Lung, Michelle Yeoh, and Dragon. I was like who who's this character? <laughs> like and yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. But yeah, so we both uh, recommend this, mm-hmm. and now I think let's move on to that's not even our main topic. Mm-hmm. So oh, wait, wait, sorry, can I, can I cut you off for a second? Yes. I just want to say, um, I did like, you know, for the whole Asian, I like, I, I definitely think this film represents uh, the Asian diaspora um, experience more than like the Asian experience. Like, uh, yeah, since, since Shanxi is, is mostly American, mm-hmm. Israeli. Yeah, and Aquafina is like, yeah. She, she and her family are American. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And like, you know, and them going back, like them going to China, like the whole like ABC thing and, and everyone speaking to Aquafina in Chinese and her replying in English. Like that's something like I've seen a lot of my friends do. Um, and also like the nagging that goes on in the first act. Oh, yeah, know? with her family? Yeah, there's that, yeah, even an actress dating? from Joy Luck Club. Right, the, the grandmother you were saying. Yeah, I got excited. I was like, it's cool. Lindo. <laughs> um, but like I want to say it sort of represents that more than the Asian experience. And Benedict Wong, who plays Wong, um, yep. like I, I saw a quote from him where he's like, yeah, it was it was lonely being the only Asian in the MCU, but now we have Asians assemble. And I was like, totally yes, Benedict Wong. I am so on board. I, I mean, he's good at seeing Hotel California as well. <laughs> That's true. It's time. Wanda, welcome home. burn this place to the ground so the start of the pandemic led to the first year in ages since the mcu started where like we didn't have new material like they had stuff ready to go like black widow yeah uh but uh we couldn't go to the theater and cheer you could you just shouldn't back that well i think like i hope they shut the theaters down i I think it varied on theater to theater i know for some theaters you could rent them out privately but like you know i one like quarantine like came down but then like you know you couldn't have like i'm so glad that infinity war and endgame came out first missed it by a year i know because like that was kind of it was great to have like a communal experience oh my god i'm never gonna get my my yeah my crowd i i i think i told you and i said on the, on the podcast of the end game i'm not gonna say the specifics for those who haven't seen it but uh 
when, you know, the big death happens at the end and we're getting the funeral, I heard multiple people (laughs) in each corner of the theater weeping loudly i'm i'm probably never gonna experience anything like that again i was the one weeping loudly in the theater. yeah i well i i kept it together until cap at the end and then i i just mm-hmm. sat there wiping my eyes through the credits I, I was the one weeping loud in my theater and i was like one of my least favorite avengers <laughs> it's amazing what they can do but um my, so my point is this so it's it's come back this year it hasn't just been with more movies but with a new like venue for to, yeah. to a certain degree, that being and it's nice because they can do different kind of stories. Yes, that, so that being longer serialized series on Disney Plus. Yeah. Now it's worth noting that this is not the first time the MCU has had TV spinoffs. We had network shows like Agents of Shield and Agent Carter. We had Netflix shows like Daredevil, the aforementioned Iron Fist, mm-hmm. Defenders. Here's the thing: um, those did not have as much of a budget. And they were not really referenced in the, in the movie's canon. And as tied in to, like, the actual no. MCU. even the shows themselves. Like, sometimes you might get a supporting character mm-hmm. that shows up, but yeah. it, it was pretty isolated. And uh, I think the only time the movies have acknowledged it is the existence of Howard Stark's driver Jarvis mm-hmm. in Endgame was an Agent Carter, Carter character. I heard some people were very okay. excited to see that. But that's, that's been it. Yeah, that's like, like little cameos, but it's not even, like, actual, like, references Yeah, so stuff. this his not only is this initial batch, because there's going to be plenty more, mm-hmm. uh, we're getting Hawkeye in, like, a month. Yeah. Uh, but these are, like, these are dealing with established side characters mm-hmm. from the movies who were not titled characters before, but getting this, this extended treatment and all exploring the world post Endgame, post Blip, yeah. and that sort of stuff, and how and how very those events are affecting these characters in very different ways yeah. in the world. Uh, and it's been confirmed, like, and it's plainly obvious from the way some of these shows go. Like, these are going to directly affect the movies oh and, God, and yeah, other so. characters going forward. <laughs> you will, wa- if you want the complete picture, you you've got to watch these shows in addition to seeing the movies. Yeah, and I think uh, Kevin Feige, yeah, cue people being angry that about about signing up for Disney Plus. <laughs> Like, I was angry when I first had to sign up for Disney For me, like Mandalorian? Um, no, I, I, it might have been before that. I can't remember. I, maybe it was, like, when Moana came out, because I was just so excited to see Moana. But, like... Disney Plus came out, like, in, came out last, like, 2019, I think. It was late in... Maybe I just, like, did it so I could see Moana. Like... <laughs> did, you, did you not see Moana in theaters? I did, but I wanted to see Moana, see like, on my TV constantly, sure. 24-7. Fair, Like, fair. It, it is a little more, like... I directly more relate to that 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 was a Pacific Islander experience. Exactly. Um, I, there was even talks that Taika Waititi was going to be in it, but it, it, like it didn't work out. But right. his writing partner J- Jermaine Clement is in it. Um, but it was like yes, this, um, it was like, as one of the only non-Islander characters because he's a crap. No, 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 no. What do you mean non-Islander? Well, non-human. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, there's only one I think like non an actor who isn't somehow like, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, Alan Tudyk, who's got who's a chicken. He he is one of the best roles, I will say. Like one of my favorite characters. Yes, and I, I owe that as much to the writers and animators mm-hmm. as to Alan Tudyk because it's not a dialogue <laughs> role. But like, I, I uh, do you know my favorite? Uh, real quick before we get to these shows, do you know my favorite joke they've done with Alan Tudyk and his multiple characters is what you saw Frozen, right? Yeah. Did you did you see Zootopia? Um. Yes. Do you remember? So, so remember how he's like the fake villain in Frozen, the Duke of of Wesselton. Weaseltown. They keep saying that he's like, it's Wesselton. <laughs> and so in uh, in Zootopia, he's like this street hustler weasel who sells bootleg movies and stuff. <laughs> and so they walk up to him and he's like, "So what are you what are you up to, Wesselton?" He's like, "No, it's Weaselton." <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh-huh. It's, uh, there there are a couple like Frozen nods in in Zootopia. It's really it's a little meta. But um, so these shows. 
they've already confirmed a couple things with WandaVision. Wanda's going to be a key character in Doctor Strange 2. Oh, yeah. And so I think what she's gone through and where we leave her at the end of the show is going to affect that. Captain America 4 is happening uh, at some point, with, clearly with Sam. And uh, Kang, who we didn't quite see in Loki, but we kind of did. Yeah. And he was alluded to, is going to be the villain in Ant-Man 3. So it's like... Or like Phase 4. I think we're in Phase 4. Well, I mean, like, I, I don't mean just Oh, the main villain of Phase 4. Who knows? He's going to be the next Thanos, I think. Who knows? Who knows? I feel like we got to wait a bit to see who the next Thanos is. I, no, he's the next Thanos, dude. That's what I think. I'm not, I wouldn't bet money on it, but I don't know. Um, I But I think we're going to be very soon the next year to getting an idea with more movies of the extent of how of their impact. Mm-hmm. But, like, however heavy it is, it's like, rest assured, it's going to be more than the existing shows we've been seeing. And it's, these shows feel more like movies. They may be longer form, but like, the budget on them is huge. Yeah, like, um, you know, especially like, WandaVision for like, I, um, I feel like the budget went up with each show because WandaVision had a lot where it was just these smaller sitcoms. Well, like, for the beginning of WandaVision, I was like, that, this is interesting because this is storytelling you couldn't do in a movie. But then, like, you know, you do get to Not the, so, not give as much time to it. Well, you couldn't just do these episodics, you know, like, no. they actually, like, they, they re, like, visited the whole, like, what, what it was like to watch a show in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. And, like, you know, you couldn't really do that in a movie with unless you wanted to, like, yeah. super bored. Let's, we'll get to that one, but just, I just want to say, so, yeah, Hawkeye is out before the end of the year. That was the one I was least excited about, but seeing that it's this Christmas urban setting, okay, you're shaking your head. I'm all in. I am I would be more excited if it was not a Christmas thing. Like, MCU... What do you got against Christmas? MCU is not Christmas. Like, Iron Man 3 was Christmas. I don't need to see, like, I don't want a Loki doll with a Christmas hat on it. Like You don't like Christmas? I like Christmas, it's not Marvel related. Like it happens in the MCU, therefore it's Marvel related. No, 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 no. That no, that's like then everything is like yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but uh, so I want to say that for, for those who haven't been keeping tabs on these shows, there are going to be more um, that are feature that revolve around supporting characters in the movies. There's going to be one called Armor Wars, which will be about Rhodey. Okay. Uh, but the thing they're going to start doing that I'm really excited for is that we will be getting completely new characters in some of these shows. So I believe the three that have been announced, and I think one, at least one of them has finished filming, Miss Marvel. Okay. Uh, Moon Knight, Oscar Isaac. Oh, Moon Knight. <gasps> Oscar Isaac? You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, She-Hulk. Okay. Uh, so, and they have said, like, these characters will be appearing in the movies as well. In fact, um, we're already seeing, uh, the seeds for Captain Marvel 2, because it's not going to be Captain Marvel 2, it's going to be the Marvels, and it's going to be Captain Marvel, uh, Monica Rambeau. Mm -hmm. Photon? Whatever she ends up being, she's had a couple names, and Miss Marvel. Uh It's going to be an ensemble kind of thing, and and so it's kind of like, if you want to know what the deal is with these other two Marvels, check out these shows. I mean, they're... Because otherwise you'll be like, wait, the little girl from Captain Marvel was super-powered all along? It's like, no, stuff happened. Yeah, like, um, you can kind of go along with the movies, you know, because like, I, I saw... Um, Thor Ragnarok without having seen Doctor uh, Doctor Strange and, and like, yeah, but he's such a small part of it. Yeah, but then also like he's a he's a big part in, in Infinity Wars, and I was like I can I can follow, but also that that had that had so many different characters. But like you know, I think for Civil War, like you know, they have a couple of lines introducing Ant Man. He's like, oh, you know, big fan. Like you know, like I've been taking your hand too long. Yeah, you too. You're great. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty good about like making it. You know, like they they don't really exclude people, but definitely like there's stuff that help it helps if you're yeah it actually would help if you like knew who these characters were rather yeah okay but let's dive into so i told you let's go in release order so first up is wandavision i want to say i feel like this had the biggest mainstream impact of the three shows for multiple reasons it was the first of the shows it was the first mcu anything in over a year yeah uh it was the 
it was the first in this, you know, format, mm-hmm. and it's easily... I mean, maybe you could argue for Loki, but I'd say this is the most out there of the three. And I can imagine a lot of people load this show up blind just knowing it's about these side characters and immediately going, what is this? <laughs> well, yeah. And getting hooked as more, you know, because the show had a very, it took full advantage of its of its episodic format in terms of gradually opening up to the bigger picture and explaining things. Yeah. And I, I don't want to sound like a snob, but I'm sorry if this makes me sound like one. I did correctly... Well, you couldn't guess all, figure out all of them to get from, from uh-huh. going blind, but I did guess that Wanda was the source of this hex when they started putting out trailers and promos. So I was like, this is how she's trying to, to cope with losing vision. She's mm-hmm. kind of going into denial and bringing other people into it. And they've also, they've hyped up behind the scenes and in the comics, Wanda is absurdly powerful. Well, like, you have not seen the full the full uh, scope of what she can do. Yeah, and here's, yeah. Here's a taste of it. Well, some people were like, is it House of M? And they're like, they can't do House of M. And it was like quite, it was like, 80% House of M or something. It was House of M without the M. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't go, like, full House of M, but, it, it, like, you're just, you know, um, well, like, with WandaVision, I agree with you that it's the most out there. It's, like, the most un- unconventional. Yeah. And I and I love that. I love it for that reason. It was refreshing. Yeah, it was super refreshing. But I heard, like, you know, I liked it, and I've seen some reactions to it on YouTube, and from what I've seen, everyone liked it. But I heard like comments or something people saying like on facebook like when it came out that everyone was like oh this is boring like i could see people being bored by it if you're expecting a normal marvel action thing like it's there is i'm trying to think when is their actual action probably the end of the third episode the end of the third episode when when um when monica gets tossed out that's not really action. Okay, then the fourth episode. I, I don't, maybe the, maybe later. No, I, I was gonna, I was going to say the the finale. Gonna... That's nine episodes in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you get a proper fight there, but that's I, I could see a lot of people who were like, "Where was this earlier?" And it's like, I mean, that, then it's just the same as everything else. I so mean, like, like maybe if if you don't if, if like maybe you're really young and you got no nostalgic factor out of it, right? Um, if you're like a, a zoomer, yeah. Uh, is that what Gen X? That's it? like the that's like younger that way younger, oh, okay. younger than us. Um, like, um, like high school, college age right now, probably. So Gen is that Gen Z? Sorry, I think so. Okay, um, yeah, but like, I don't know if they remember Malcolm in the Middle. Probably not. Um, well, but, I mean, but even like, especially like the early stuff, like the fifties, sixties, seventies, like that's like like because this this was inspired. I read like Kevin Feige was a huge Nick and Knight fan. I. Watch Nick at Night. That's I, why I told you why I was I, I loved it so much is because I watched Nickelodeon at I Night. Did, I did passing, so like I kind of got like I was aware of like the general vibe of the, like those oldest of sitcoms. Yeah. And I gotta say, part of my respect for this is they really nailed the feel of it. I mm-hmm. told you because um, they even named it off the Dick Van Dyke show when we get to like the backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They consulted with Dick Van Dyke because mm-hmm. he's like in his nineties but still fully functional. Uh-huh. Uh, and they asked him about like not just like. Phone, phone, no, I'm telling the story. Uh, they asked him not just about the the, the, the the obvious stuff like the fashion or uh-huh. the, or like the furniture. They asked him about like the staging, the competition of shocks. I rewatched some of the uh, episodes in preparation for this because it would have been longer and it wasn't as fresh in my uh-huh. mind since I didn't rewatch it with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch those early episodes, one thing they do is there aren't a lot of like close-up shots. Uh, the only when things get weird, that's when they... Yes, yeah. and mm-hmm. they do more like tilted angles. And then you can feel, you're like, why is why is it weird now? You know? Yeah, and I mean, that, the first episode, like that that was creepy. The, that dude was it. choking. Stop it. <laughs> 
stop it. I, I people say, this is like I'm watching a David Lynch film. This is unnerving. Well, I was like, I was super enjoying it because I Love Lucy was like one of my Yeah, and it's shows. so wholesome and it's just silly yeah. and it's like you're not supposed to be that infested. Then like, here to do choking death but and this before, woman's not reacting normally. And it's no like, one's reacting normally. No one's like acknowledging it. But then there was like these slow pushes. Like, and all of a sudden I was like, wait, whoa, it feels Hitchcock all of a sudden. Yeah, like this, okay, wait, I feel, I feel out of my comfort zone. Yeah, no, because it was like, you know, it was a very comfortable like three camera kind of setup yes, before. Yes. Yeah, you know. They even, um, I, I'm guessing pre-COVID, for those early episodes, because they shot it before the pandemic, uh-huh. they had a studio audience there to laugh. Yeah, yeah, I did hear it. Like, I, I was, I'm really all, surprised. All three of these shows have behind-the-scenes documentaries um, on Disney+. Plus that they, they oh, came yeah. out after. They, yeah, they're pretty in-depth. They came out after each show finished. I haven't watched the one for Loki yet, but the Wanda one was eye-opening. Um, mm-hmm. And it also kind of just clued you into like the fact that all three of these shows started filming right before COVID, and they had mm-hmm. to pause for half a year until Hollywood figured things oh, out. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they were delayed as a result. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually think Falcon was supposed to come out first. Yeah, I heard. I did that's, hear that. That's probably the most conventional of the three. Yeah, and I think that's probably that one might have been more affected by. Um, it's it's one is the, the least elaborate overall. Well, yeah, and like you know, there's all these like fight scenes in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, and I big. Think, yeah, like took a lot of work, clearly. Yeah, and there's like scenes out in like public and stuff, and a lot of Wanda takes place in like on a set. Fewer so, people. Like yeah, I, I could see why that. I think that would get delayed more. Yeah, um, I also want to. I don't even have it on my notes here. Uh, but we got to give props to Catherine Hahn. Oh my gosh, she's the best. Let's okay. You know what? Let's let's get to it. Let's talk villains because <laughs> you have been very vocal in hmm. your fuck Hayward position. Oh well. Uh, well, screw him. You know. No, no, fuck Hayward. No, no, like no, I'm not trying to like mitigate it. I'm just like, who isn't? Like, is there anyone who isn't? But like, like he really got under your skin. Well, he he's he's the worst. He, like, who is there anyone out there? Oh, actually, you know what? I heard one reviewer who was like, if you think about it, Hayward didn't do anything wrong. And that no, he did send me wrong. ranting for like I could 40 minutes. get viewing Wanda as a threat because ultimately she was, but he was so hostile. No, no, and he, no so... he did so many things wrong. He and did entrapment, he, he did framing, he did, he broke the Sokovian Accords, he, hid he evidence. shot at children. He, yes, he tried to murder children. That yeah. was, that was. I think that's the point that you brought up. And like, he was Jesus. like, hey, Monica, like, you're disagreeing with me, so maybe it's a good thing oh, yeah, that he you missed, so, he was you so petty when your mom to died. his crew. If I was like one of his employees like you know unless they had all signed an agreement we're like we're all let's all agree that we're all a bunch of dicks like if I or at was, least this one guy well like if they were all on his side or something but like if i was just one of his employees not one of like monica's associates right but and i heard him say that i feel like i would have walked up to him and slapped him <laughs> like yes. oh and i will say um but yeah that's what the thing is like even when agnes reveals herself as agatha She's still so likable. Well, you know, what I love about Agatha is, like, she's so unapologetically herself. And right. Hayward is just, like, Wanda. Keeping it, secrets. Well, no, he's so hip. He's just, like, he's one of those people who will, like, in the same sentence, like, condemn, like, you know, they'll condemn an action and they'll be doing that action in the same thing. Yeah, I, I noticed can't stand a it. part in the uh, in the fourth episode I when he's lying to them that Wanda stole Vision's yeah. corpse. And Jimmy's, like... Vision didn't want to be used be used as a weapon. Uh-huh. And that is exactly what Hayward's ultimate goal is. Yeah, and also like you know he's like well necromancy. He um, he said like Vision doesn't belong to you. Why? But Vision belongs to me. Yeah, this Vision. I don't think there's yeah. any time where the states owned Vision. Like, 
I mean, that's that's that is very U.S. government though. Ours. Oh God! But, but he was also the worst, and he's like Wanda in her grief, like ignored the Sokovian Accords and blah blah. And I'm just like, you, you're not in grief. You have no excuse. Yeah. Like you just as an asshole dissected in your grief, this guy. And like tried this, to... and, you know, and and he was like yelling at Monica when Monica was like, I don't believe this is a premeditated act of aggression. His whole thing was a premeditated act of like complete assholery. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what he needs? He needs the Loki like hell room basically where, where you just I think get he said kicked, like, I want him to get kicked in the nuts by like Wanda. twice a minute yeah like twice a minute for the for forever <laughs> I also thought it was uh if you're talking about like the cast I think it's neat how I think you could watch this show without knowing who Jimmy Darcy and Monica were yeah. but it helps and actually did you notice how Jimmy introduces himself the little... he does the card trick he actually taught himself I know, like... I'm like good <laughs> I'm like, if, I, I wonder if he spent, I think that's some people saying, like, he probably wasn't snapped and he spent five years practicing his card tricks. <laughs> he probably graduated Magic University. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't, don't, I love when they got in, uh, no, we're getting into other moves. And I think I even told you, like, I, I think I've been open about this in the show about my Marvel crushes uh-huh. and how mine aren't always the most obvious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ScarJo, that's cool. That's all right, Gamora, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. right. But Mantis, oh, but here's <laughs> Shuri. And, and now I'm also like, oh, uh, Monica Rambo, growing up, she is... I think everyone... Tayona Paris is a beautiful woman. I noticed that when I was watching it. And, like, from what I've seen, like, all, like, the reactors, like, be it, like, straight guys, straight girls, or in between, like, you know, everyone is just like, Damn, she is gorgeous. Yeah, especially yeah. that blue eyeshadow, like when she was she's in the seventies. her that cool, the curly hair. She, she rocks that hairstyle. Yeah, yeah, she does. Um, <laughs> she even rocks the seventies afro. Yeah, no, <laughs> like I just love all their look. Like whoever did all the styling the, for that show. This must have been so much fun for the costume department to yeah. do all these. Yeah, and especially the Halloween I, episode. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Um, but um, so I, I also want to want to say like this was. Man, I, I think this show really makes me appreciate Vision more because he was, like, one of the best parts of Age of Ultron. He had great moments in Civil War and Infinity War, but, like, here he really gets to sign center stage and and just be, like... I think my two favorite Vision quotes in Age of Ultron when he, you know, he kills the last Ultron and Ultron's, like, the human race is doomed and he's like, yes, but something isn't beautiful because it lasts forever. Yeah, yeah, really, I did like that. And then that. I think the line that blew up from this, what is grief if not love persevering? I and can't I'm like, even hear that without getting... Well, you know, as someone who lost who lost Mimi last year, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm like, my love for her is persevering in, yeah. in the grief of remembering her. I, mean, that I think stuff. everyone, that line, like, really, it was like, ow, that kind of hurt and that was profound and and, and I'm falling in love with Vision. He's, <laughs> like, he's a handsome robot man. Well, when he said that, I was like, yeah, I totally, I understand. Like, because at first I was like, this is so random. I know it's from the comics, but it just feels so random. And then they didn't really get time to develop in No, he was Civil never War. a main character. Yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah. And, there was and just Finny so Ward just walked in going, okay, they're going to kill him. Let's do this. I know, and there was also so much going on that when I did see them, yeah. I was like, I don't care. It was not Although, a by the end, I did care and I was like, Thanos did him dirty. It was no, already. It was it was terrible. It was already rough that he blew up. as like, you got to kill him twice. He's already died as Jarvis. And then you kill and him a fourth time in this. times were horrible. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, uh, and I'm like, I think the fandom as a whole was like, they were traumatized from his death. But also I think like, you know, people were like, eh, Vision, like kind of. I remember, before. I remember wishing, like, I wish we'd gotten to know him more because he's such a fascinating character. I know, yeah. It's like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, granted, he thinks he's like a he's like a house husband I know, but, he's, it, but he's so great. His inner, you know, intellectual still comes out. And yeah. Paul Bettany and is his, so good at it. And his, like, um, 
his comedic side, which when we he gets never like see. loopy with the gum in him, well, I'm like, like that was great. Yeah, and like just like you know him being in a sitcom, like the, you know the the whole like right. unreal aspect of it, we wouldn't yeah. have gotten that like in in a movie. He would always be serious, and I think Paul Bettany like probably loved being able to be you know like he's like take out the papers and the trash. Oh yeah, singing yeah. yucky yucky yeah. yeah. like classic sitcom, <laughs> and I I and I will say it was fun to. So to do the week to week, you know, fan theories and stuff, and obviously oh, something yeah. got out of control with all the Mephisto. <laughs> Everything became about Mephisto, and I, there was no Mephisto to be found. In I, this. You know, my regret watching Shang Chi is that when I saw the dragon, I wasn't, I didn't shout like Mephisto confirmed. Hey, Mephisto's a dragon. <laughs> um, but I also just think that this. He even said like, yes, I, 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 had, I had guessed like how that one was doing this and why, uh, but it was also fun to. So get you know subverted, but like okay, so Hayward saying she stole the corpse, so she's reanimated the corpse. No, Wanda has the power to create sentient life from scratch because we have the twins, and she created a vision double from memory. Did he have vibranium like her v- version? What was was her version of vision like? Was he made of vibranium? I don't know if they said. Like the, what, wouldn't shock me. Uh, like I think when Darcy's hacking a thing, she's like Hayward's tracking the decay signature of vibranium, and she, I was like, she could Wanda change, can create vibranium. She, she could change matter. So well, like that's pretty cool. She can create vibranium, but it has to be within her hex. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so that's because uh, let's like let's um okay yeah let's well before we get to I want I I want to if we're talking to family let's. Let's address the elephant in the room, or the boner in the room. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I'm not going to leave this topic without, because no. you're saying, like, it was fun to speculate we, week to week. That was the thing that people were like, oh my god, they're opening things stuff up. They did that Evan on Peters, and here's the, yes, I, I read about it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The showrunner said, confirmed, that that whole fake mystery, it was just to mess with the audience. Like, like Fuck them! The same way as the Mandarin. And I was like, I remember the That's general reception the to, uh, to Mandarin wasn't positive. I don't think you took away the right uh, also, message. Also, th- one that was like in the same movie, and like this was like we had weeks to be like, yeah. And also, that was not the same thing. That was not saying, hey, you know how we Mandarin can- wasn't pre-existing yeah, in the movies, or it wasn't saying, you know how we got the rights to X-Men. We're like, like no, we're, they we're crossing no, over. That was no, that was completely just inappropriate. Dude. That was like, you okay, know, make a dick joke. <laughs> what? Oh, that, that that was like um that wasn't nearly funny enough to make to make up for it to make up for the fact I feel like I just got cheated on in a relationship like Marvel you really lost Peters. my trust there a little bit like but <laughs> I will say on the flip side the finale is the fir- the well not the fir- it's the f- third fourth time I've cried at, a, at the MCU oh yeah like I Vision's uh, death was really beautifully done I was really glad we didn't see the children's like that would yeah that, it was already hard enough that we yeah. knew I, I kind of figured like these kids aren't going to make I it know, I was like okay say, say goodbye and I don't want to see it put him to bed and let him <laughs> yeah and, that was so sad they were yes, but, I, but just the fact that like Vision was tearing up he was clearly scared but he was trying to t- face it with dignity mm-hmm. and, and his usual intellectual self and do you remember, do you remember their last lines to each other uh, it, 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 they say we've said goodbye before, so it so makes sense that we'll say hello reason. again. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is like, you know, so he's like, like I think he says something like "see you again, darling" or something like that. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I was like, it won't be that vision because no. you know, like that vision's part, gone. Part of what makes a person a person is their memories. And Though like, she, he, that's the thing. He transplanted his memories into the the white vision. Did he transport his memories? I think he, just he copied did, them or something. I thought he just trans uh, like he unlocked 
the that original, part of the, the original maybe vision. maybe yeah. so and that's that's something that's wide open that white vision just pieced out and uh-huh. we don't know where he is now and he's probably sitting somewhere like putting his thoughts together about who yeah, am i and they might use him to bring vision back and yeah, i'll or be may- happy about or that. maybe something different who knows maybe but like you know even if they brought Vision, i'd be happy but it's kind of like it's kind of like with other characters who have died but versions of them have come back back i'd be like well, I'm glad they're back, but that version still died, and that still really upsets me. Yes, but also but on the upside, um, I think this show had a this show really did flesh Wanda out so well, um, especially the second to last episode where we get like her life story basically. I think what was great about it is that like it really made the audience experience it like Wanda. Like, yeah, like we were told her parents got killed in an explosion. Here's that scene. Oh, it, that was so awful. But it also contextualized the sitcoms. Like, yeah. This is because she grew up in this shitty country and that, that was their bonding time. Uh-huh. When she lost uh, P- Pietro, she was watching Malcolm in the Middle and stuff. And it's like, this was her escape. And so yeah. she escaped to, to this sitcom of her own making. And I'm like, oh my God, all of a sudden this makes way too much sense. It, it's, it makes a lot of sense and it also makes it super sad and you're like, oh yeah. God, I can't, I, things are going to get real and I don't it, know if I can Because it is it. like, yes, it comes to present this kind of squeaky clean world often and this, yeah, and this yeah. kind of impossible Where reality. everything goes back to normal at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but also like... Even cynical shows like Malcolm would kind of press the reset button each Yeah, time. exactly. Um, and, and like... Uh, and you know, um, Vision's like, is it funny that the man got grievously injured? Yeah. And she's like, he's not really injured. You know, like yeah, fake. you don't have like those real consequences. But it, like people watching um, the when she's like as a kid watching the sitcoms with her family. Yeah, you know, just going through that scene at, from her perspective, her a face lot of people, lights up. Like she's she, well, a lot a, of people are like, I I would hate Tony Stark too. Like you know, yep. like and that's you know, if you follow Tony Stark and this person comes in who you don't know, who's like, and this was this chronology used to be before he uh, he stopped making weapons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like and and so we 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 know Tony Stark, and so like we might sympathize with him. And somebody comes in who's like, uh, you know, I mean, you watch the first Iron Man; he's still mostly a douche. He is, yeah, he, has no, a, he gets I, an yeah. arc. Yeah, I actually, um, my brother's wife dislikes the first Iron Man because of his like one night stands and stuff. I'm I, like, this is. I really disliked that. You know, they actually made a trash joke, and I was like, wow, this was a, this was a little stupid. Like, <laughs> like different time. It shows get, how far it's come. I guess. Yeah, they were just like, yo, you know, he like, does he pay you to pick up his dry cleaning? It's like, oh yeah, and he also pays me to pick up the trash. And I'm like, she's trash for sleeping with him. Then he's trash for sleeping with her. Like he's equally trash. Like <laughs> everybody's so trash. So let's just agree that Iron Man is you're trash. You're trash. You're trash. Like right now, like oh, it's like that's one of the reasons why like he's not one of my favorite Avengers. Right, but, but he still made you cry. But in he's Endgame. got um, he yeah yeah he did. <laughs> him becoming a becoming a father figure and a dad might have helped. Also, like my favorite line from the first movie is like I am Iron Man oh. I like his uh, I don't know if it's snarkiness or starkiness his um, snarky starkiness yeah like uh, I guess it's like his his being glib you know I, I, yeah, I did like that blunt. okay but um a nice way to show the uh, so the growth of Wanda, like I just, it was so funny that they went for it with her her moniker and her t- and her powers, and as compared to other, they felt like they're trying to distance from like the dress and the, that head oh, yeah, that yeah. headband and full on spells, mm-hmm. and they're like, no, this is magic. She she was she had it, this kind of stuff in her before being experimented on, but that just amplified it. Mm-hmm. And the, one of my favorite bits, like halfway through, was Hayward saying like, so she doesn't have like an alias yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. No, she's just wanted it, it hit me like. Yeah, they've never once used the term Scarlet Witch. She's yeah, always yeah. been Wanda. I know. And then by the end, but by the end, here's the, after that ends that ep- the second last episode, you are the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, no, it's just like a big moment. It like you know, I, I, it totally feeds off the with the fa- the fact that the fans know she's Scarlet Witch, and everyone right. first everybody heard called Scar- her that. Yeah, like you know, I would 
I refer to her as Scarlet Witch more than Wanda. But then finally, they're just like, that makes you the Scarlet Witch. And I was yeah. like, damn, title drop. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anything else you want to say about WandaVision? Or are you good to move on to the Um, show? I thought it was a great exploration, brief. I really liked how it was not conventional TV. Nope. Um, but it was also a great, a very meticulous tribute to a lot of bygone eras of TV. Yeah, no. Like, as somebody who watched Deck at Night, like... But I feel old saying Malcolm in the Middle is a bygone era, but it is. It, it feels... Like, but the thing is, is watching the Malcolm in the Middle episode, I was like... I was like, I feel my soul transporting back. Like, I didn't yeah. realize, like, yeah. we've left that era, but we have. Oh, and the uh, commercials. <laughs> yeah. I got the one with the stop-motion kid who wouldn't, couldn't open the yeah, yogurt. Exactly. But I'm like, there were a lot of, like, claymation uh-huh. food commercials. And it was just, like, so, it, it was so, it was a great, like, it was nostalgic. It was also heartbreaking. And it was, like, philosophical. And, and also, um, sadly, I think it can set up Wanda for, to be like the most sympathetic but most powerful villain like you know I'm worried about I, I care I'm about Wanda I'm very curious where they're going to take her in, in Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse mm-hmm. Madness uh, but I, I, we know that she's she's trying to figure out how to resurrect those kids she's she's reading the Darkhold which is not, not good yeah no if Agatha was reading it you probably shouldn't be well I think it corrupts anyone who reads it and like oh but upside they didn't kill off Agatha I know, yeah. She's stuck brainwashed as Agnes, so she can come back. Downside, they didn't kill off Hayward. Like, I mean, it's better that he rots into prison. No, no. They could have, like, given me a gory death scene A gory PG-13 death on <laughs> that, TV, that on Disney+. Plus. Like a Deadpool. We got a little bit of gore in our next show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's true. Uh, very devastating. One of the darkest moments. Not a fun kind. But um, I will say as an intro, I think overall this is actually my favorite of the three. Really? I think part of that is a matter of natural preference. Because of all the MCU heroes who've gotten to trilogy status... I think Captain America's is my favorite and overall the strongest, and I love the grittier... One of the reasons I love Winter Soldier so much is how much more gritty and intense and grounded it feels. Not that I'm against the MCU being out there, because uh, I also would love... I, I say Guardians 2 is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I like these two characters, and I was excited to see them get like a center a center, st- center stage. Especially their chemistry together. Yeah, especially like their existing kind of rivalry. They're like kind of reluctant <laughs> friends, because they're like, even you know, competing for this one guy who they were the sidekick of. I've, I've, I've made a comment... Like before, I was like, I came to, I was like, you know, Bucky has been through such a dramatic, long, like traumatic life. Um, he's had it rough. Yeah, and he's been faced with like bombastic evilness and bombastic heroics. That I think it's so great that he, like Sam, happened to his life that he's just confronted with like indifferent saltiness. Like, <laughs> what a thing for like Bucky to experience. Yeah, no, and Bucky was. I think I told you. Bucky was the one character who I felt was shortchanged in Infinity War and Endgame because it didn't feel like his his recovery was done, yeah. and he just got a couple lines in each, and it was real like outside of like he does get one of the best moments in either movie, which is his interaction with Rocket, <laughs> picking up and shooting, yeah. and then Rocket. Of course, Rocket would want his arm, of course. <laughs> um, but like character wise, like that could, they kind of felt like that could have been anyone. That but the, but then I was I was like, okay, well they didn't kill they didn't permanently kill him off. He was dead yeah. for five years, but he got better. Oh, yeah. Him and Sam, but. It makes sense, and and it, you know, as much as, as I was excited, uh, I'd see Sam get the shield at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't just crying at Endgame; I was crying for it was him with a lot of ones. It was like the end of Steve's story, him getting Peggy, uh, this like all the speculation, Sam getting the shield. I'm like, dude, we get a black Captain America. Oh my god! Yeah. But then this goes into the nitty gritty of that, yeah. and the conflict of him not just racial identity, but the fact that like there can't be another Steve Rogers. Yeah. And rather than just immediately starting the next movie geared up and ready to go, here's a show where of him coming to terms with that. Um, of Sam coming to terms? Or Bucky? Yeah. No, oh, no. no. Stan, Bucky coming to terms with his demons, but Sam coming to terms with being Captain America. Yeah, I mean, well, like, you know, for Sam, I think, you know, he had, 
like a, a very I mean, like his journey to being Captain America. There's like a lot of reasons why it's personalized. I, and I was thinking that in uh, Endgame when uh, Steve just gave him the shield, I was like, hmm, this is oversimplifying a lot. I just said that, like, I thought I had a little thought in my head. Yeah. I was like, it's nice and tidy and it's very Disney. But, you know, if I were Sam, I would. I would have some mixed feelings about that. And he initially says, you know, how does it feel? It's like someone else's. Well, no, I would have mixed feelings like being a black person. Yeah. Being told to be like, be the stars and stripes. To represent America. I'm like, yeah. do I want to? And yeah, I mean, like, what was great about Steve is that, you know, he represented like the best of America. Like yes. World War II America. Yes. Like that's a, you know. And he carried those ideals to the modern day. In yeah, and, and he wasn't, you know. Well, one, he wasn't a pawn of the government, which is no. one of the reasons why there was a lot of not my cap. Oh, we'll get to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, like, he he just, I don't know, he happens to have the name Captain America. Thor ha- happens to have the name of a Norse god. But they were both the I think kind the, of MC, like, the MCU canon is that them visiting Earth inspired the Norse gods. Okay. Like, they're the origin of that. <laughs> Sorry that my phone No, I'm said. explaining phone. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, you know, I think, like... I don't think he's not like he's not like a US agent he's not like nope. he, you know he's not like he doesn't represent the government he he was Steve you know and that, he that's he was his own guy that's one of the reasons I mean the shield he went against the government to rescue Bucky in his first movie yeah right? and the shield has the the stars and stripes but like it it represents Steve Rogers like right and so yeah. the idea of that of that now representing someone else and and this story, this show kind of grapples with that in really good ways. Mm-hmm. And also, um, not even the characters, but this does something more than the other shows that I was hoping they do. Showcases how bringing half the world back after five years without them, as good as it is, it's mm-hmm. going to be a messy, complicated process by nature and even create villains in the process. Mm-hmm. Hence the Flag Smashers yeah. and everybody's favorite, Carly. <laughs> um, I'm never going to forget the second episode. She has not uttered a line of dialogue, but she smashes Red Wing and you just went, kill her, kill her, I don't care. <laughs> I wanted and didn't actually realize I shouted that until you reacted. I, I laughed. But I was, like, I think before that like that happened, I was like, Red Wing's one of my favorite characters, by the way. <laughs> like, just, and he's just a drone. And, uh, and Well, imagine if it was the, like, the actual comics and it was she tore about, apart a bird. Well, then. I would be, like, killer. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, Red Wing's so cute. But, uh, but well, we got dual new Red Wings with the new armor. But, yeah. no, like, speaking of Carly, like, I, I think I also give props to, she was, like, a really detestable person because she was just so, like, on her high horse that's I mean, she, like that's one of the reasons i hated hayward so much but she was like that but t- i think less a less degree i i I, th- I also credit her actress with it i think she did a good job of like the stuck up like she was so stubborn that's the thing uh, yeah I but mean, um she kind of had her head up her ass she did but like but the thing was she came from more sympathetic roots i know where, but like, they, her... they were like they they kept but you, you know, should resort to terrorism over that i know yeah they kept showing like her like saying like bye to Donya maria whoever that was her mother figure yeah, yeah, it was like the she was kind of like the mother of the village kind yes. of thing. Yeah, because uh, and I was Northern. just like, shut up, you're a, you kill people. That's no excuse. Yeah, that's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Nothing you're doing is an excuse, saying is an excuse for killing innocents. Exactly. Yeah. And she just didn't get it. And uh, thank you, Sharon, for shooting her. Uh, I'm not gonna thank Sharon for anything. You were you and my brother were pretty pissed about uh, how Sharon was she handled this. She is a disgrace to her name. She's like she is not living up to her 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 great aunt. That that is a real understatement. I think Patrick's was, oh, complaint was more like it was kind of felt like against her ideals and the other stuff. But I'm like she kind of got screwed over by the whole Civil War process and presumably fine. Change her name. She's a disgrace. Like <laughs> she's just such an utter but disgrace. I, well, I'm like she's a more interesting character than when she was just potential love interest. I, I feel like it'd be like if Steve had a kid. 
kid and that kid turned out to be like a terrorist. You know, that would just, feel horrible. That's what Sharon Carter is. Like, no, like, mm-mm. I also want to say, like, because Winter Soldier tied on th- the themes of government corruption and, you know, intrusive surveillance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this show feels very influenced by both modern political and social events mm-hmm. uh, in terms of fights for, in terms of, you know, the the spotlight we've shone, shone on racial inequality. Uh, you know, we get scenes of cops harassing, harassing Dude, Sam. Dude, once the cop sirens go off, because, like, Sam and yeah, Bucky like, are oh, talking shit. in the street, you're like, Jesus. Uh, the And also, you know, stuff like, you know, Trump being way into cracking down on illegal immigration, displacing people, and uh-huh. that happening with the uh, with the people who, who, who like there's no room for you now. Mm-hmm. And this was just a coincidence, but they called it uh, you know the fact that at the end you have people placing the government placing a vote and a bunch of radicalists trying and stage a coup. Basically, mm-hmm. it's like you're this show is on the on on point with that. Yeah, and I think Sam really proved like why he's like worthy of like the his speech at the end like kind of yeah. like he he wasn't like you know the politicians were thanking him and he's like i'm not 100 percent okay with you guys no no yeah he's like i'm not saying like i mean he's, I, I'm he's telling violence them, he's telling them you need to take responsibility and set and realize why yeah. this stuff happened because of your actions you need to recognize the consequences of your actions and recognize like the actual responsible things to do with your power yeah yeah i mean he's like i i don't I'm not going to, like, agree with somebody solving this with violence, you know, and trying to, like, just take you out. But, like, when you're in a room making these decisions, who else is in that room? Is it, like, he talks people about, affected like, by that? Or is he it talks just about, more do you want to see the next Carly? Because they'll be, they'll be even worse. Yeah, yeah. And then he's just, like, you know, like, I, I, Sam was great. But. That, I think the whole show was kind of, like, he was, he was so rational through it. Like, when he tried to talk Carly down and that sort of stuff. Ugh. And... John Walker. And, let's talk John Walker. <laughs> now, first off, uh, props to the actor Wyatt Russell, yes. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son, who inherited that chin. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you've been you've been telling me that you watched a lot of you've been watching a lot of reaction videos of people mm-hmm. with these shows. And I told you I rewatched uh, one of the end of the episode one where he first appears, mm-hmm. and somebody said he kind of looks like Kurt Russell. <laughs> it's the chin. I, I didn't I didn't really see it until I saw his whole face. Yeah. No, like to, to me when he had the helmet on, I was just like, that's a goofy face. <laughs> it, the helmet did not flatter him, and I'm sure. Part of that was intentional because they were like, we don't want you to, to be in danger. Yeah, this guy. yeah. And he wanted you, it to feel like he's kind of like an. Imposter. The way episode two starts is kind of like, well, he's kind of seems like a nice guy, but the more stuff happens, like stay the hell out of my way. Do you know who I am? It's oh like, my god! Yeah. Even before he gets the serum and becomes a monster, it's like this guy is not the right call. Yeah, no, he's okay. Maybe one, maybe Lamar would have been a better fit, but you know they wouldn't have wanted a black man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that, that's like one thing is like one of the reasons why the government shouldn't have been choosing who becomes Cap. Like, they didn't pick Steve, really. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones did not want yeah, Steve. Yeah, he, uh, Erskine and, and and Peggy saw the good in him. Yeah, like, you know, if if it had been up to the government back then, it would have been somebody like Some John Walker. Back, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, John Walker, like before he took the serum, he was like, one, he interrupted. Sam was getting through to Carly, and he's like, could have he? Was, he he's could like, could have gotten her to. Yeah, he said you off. have ten minutes, and then he was being all. He was going to fit basically. Yeah, and then like and he tried to go in before ten minutes. Ten minutes were up, and, and like Bucky's like, it hasn't been ten minutes. He was like, don't patronize me. I'm like, that's not patronizing. That's not patronizing you. It's reminding you of your promise. Yeah, and then like later to Dora Milaje, he's like, let's put down the pointy sticks. And I was like, did uh. you earlier say don't patronize me for somebody just asking you to, to like keep your word? And like, and now look at you being so fucking patronizing and condescending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though I'm very curious to see where they go with him because the finale showed that he is not 
his good side isn't completely gone. It's not completely gone. Because he had the opportunity to go either after Carly to try and save that bus. And mm-hmm. he's like, you see him shake it off like, I gotta save the people. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. But I, I he's, that. I think he's going to be, like, if, because, you know, the, the Contessa of Val, uh, mm-hmm. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which was a big, she was supposed to, de- to debut, uh, well, little spoiler, she was supposed to debut in Black Widow first. Oh, okay. Um, but because that got delayed, this mm-hmm. is now her debut. And uh, I will say I watched this a second time with my parents. Seinfeld is my dad's favorite show ever. He was vocally very happy to see her. I was kind of weird. I mean, there's some times where actors come in. It's funny, like, where I think, like, you're in the MCU. Like, let's say Owen Wilson. But I wow. totally. <laughs> like, but very surprisingly, like, Mobius, especially because they changed his look so much from yeah. Owen Wilson. Like, he didn't have, if he had Owen Wilson's hair, I think, I'd just that would be, be on like, the nose. This, is, this is a lot. That'd be but distracting. Elaine's character, <laughs> Julia Dreyfus's character, I don't, she just came out of nowhere and she was so quirky that I was She's an like, enigma still. Like, you don't know, like, okay, what is her her goal? Yeah, I mean, she was just like, she was just like saying all these She's probably bad news, but it's like, she's, she's just jokey and odd and Yeah, she eccentric. just feels like this jokey pimp for John Walker. And I'm like, go away. <laughs> oh, no, I like her. I, I like, she, she seems like, like a, pimp version of Nick Fury but like but who um, comes in and doesn't explain anything and it's just weird yeah but um <laughs> but that, the whole and you got like his his new code name US agent that's because mm-hmm. he, he's from the comics and so when he was first revealed people were like I think he's gonna he's yeah. not gonna stay he's clearly not gonna stay as cab he's gonna become US agent especially after yeah a certain event that was chilling yeah no that was that was yeah it was it was there was it was so good because it was multiple reasons why it was so effective one the guy he killed you remember in the episode yeah. you talked about he looked up to Steve Rogers yeah and he was was one of the, like the better people in yeah and he room. was even pointing out it wasn't me carly killed lamar you're you're, you're, yeah. take, you're taking this out on someone who didn't and i don't think he was like one of the bloodthirsty people in no. her group yeah. and and the fact that it's just like you have this defenseless man and you stab him to death with i know shield. like you know it's like you you like you hit him with in the shield public. He, he fell down like steve Rogers you could have at just this arrested point him. would have arrested him yes yeah. yeah and and then this that that chilling last shot of the blood oh, so shield like, it just felt so like this thing's being defiled okay like uh in civil war when steve like lifts the shield yes, yes. that freaked me out you think like, he's gonna be happy tony but he's just he's like, just getting the suit yeah but it looks like such a violent motion and yes. i was like you know i remember just being like and if you look at the slow-mo shot of john lifting the shield it's it's scary his face looks like a oh maniac. yeah no he's gone like his own hulk kind of thing it's so upsetting it and is so... upsetting but oh my god like steve did it you know like um how steve would do it it was just to like um, sort of disable a person for a while, yeah. you know, like just to de- de-escalate the situation. That's all he wanted to do. Right. Like this John Walker wanted blood. Jesus, like it was like that's not necessary. The no. guy's like not not fighting. He's he's and you have him, and then you use the shield in such a violent and like a lot of people have been like that's one of the darkest things I've ever seen in Marvel. It is, and also I think it's a crime that we have gone this far without even mentioning Zemo. Oh, see, the master and of the his dance. dancing, yes, and he even claps a little when he dances. But I that, like, like that fist yeah, pump that one, that yeah. was that was. Apparently, Disney made a YouTube version of just a one-hour loop of it. <laughs> Disney made it. I saw. I think a one it's hour. official. Yeah. Okay, I saw a one-hour loop. I didn't so know Disney. I already that. liked him in Civil War, but now I'm like, too. this has cemented him as one of my favorite villains. Well, I love Daniel Bruhl. Like I've always. I've seen him in Rush. He was really good in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, what you've seen him in. I've seen him in Goodbye Lennon and Glorious Bastards and maybe something That's else. That's right. He wasn't in Glorious Bastards, but he was. That was like a small role. Um, um, well, like, I'd already liked him from Goodbye Lennon, so every time he was on screen, I was like, thank you. You should see Rush. He's great. He and Chris Hemsworth <laughs> are both great in that. Mm-hmm. He, like, he, there's just, there's, now that he's moved on from the oh, vengeance. he was in, um, he was in that Matt Damon 
Born Identity thing. Oh, he's in the Born movies. Yeah. Cool. I still need to watch those. But he, um, I've heard they're very similar to Captain Amer- to the Captain America sequels. He, I think that now he's kind of moved on from the vengeance for the family thing, to breaking up the Avengers. Mm-hmm. We get to see other sides to him, like manipulation, this mm-hmm. rich criminal lifestyle. He has his own Alfred. He's like, a who knew he was? He, I mean, I knew it was in the comics. He was but who knew he was so loaded and had so much like underworld connections before that? Well, he like broke out of jail and like within an hour he had like his coat. He was, he was all set. He was on like a plane. nothing happened. He was on his private jet. Yeah. Like with a hot he towel. He is a total schemer too. Like, <laughs> oh, he's so even funny. when he ends back up in the raft, he's still having his butler blow up the other yeah. super soldier. No, and he, he's also got style. Kind of like Agatha's got style. He's got his own style. But he's also an intellectual. Um, I love True. the fact that when he's bringing up, like, Carly is an extremist. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if I totally agree with, like, his whole, like, because he brings up the Avengers as an example of supremacist, doesn't he? Yeah, but it's like in but the wrong hands. Not. That that could have that could have gone. It could have been much worse. Yeah, but it, could have, it could have turned into the boys. But I think he was saying like, no matter what, like this, like superpowers will lead to supremacy. Then he's like, look at the Avengers, and I'm like, they're not supremacists. Like, I mean, he's got a grudge against them for Sokovia. So, but then weren't they saving people in Sokovia? Like, did they go there? Like, I'm trying to kill people in Sokovia. People still, he, people still blame them because they blew up the city. But like, but, but if it had landed, it would have wiped out humanity. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, like the I guess, lesser scenario. I mean, I'm sorry, Zemo. Uh, they should have let the whole world, like your family and the rest of the world die. Like, but no, like that, that argument holds no water. Yeah, but um, I also, one of my favorite bits, because I think he's just, it's just him messing with them when... Um, when he, the Marvin Gaye conversation. Oh, yeah. It's Sam like, is you like, don't, you know, it's a masterpiece, James. He captures the American <laughs> culture. And, and who doesn't love Marvin Gaye? And Bucky's just like, I love Marvin Gaye. Well, Sam's also like, he's out of line. But he's, he's right. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't there a part where, like, when they first break him out, like, if I'm an interject, and they, they're both arguing, and they both turn around, no! no. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that they have to do that a couple times, and he's just like, all right. He, just, he has these little, like, Expressions where he's like, "I'll be quiet for now," like, or he's like, "Don't, don't let him do this to you, Buck. He's just gonna do that head, t- head tilt thing." Yeah, and I will say, um, I think this of all three finales feels the most like the end of a actual movie. I think the fact that it was like in a city at night and a guy was flying around in, in an iron suit it reminded me of the first two Iron Man movies. Yeah, well, it, it felt the most to me like an MC, MCU movie, which yeah. is actually like you said it's your favorite. It's kind of one of the reasons why it's probably like my least favorite. Because I like it felt it. too much like the same. No, I mean, I, I, I just I happen to like weird, like weird. The like, other I, two were weirder. Yes, I like X Files. You know, um, and WandaVision was like I kept saying. When Jimmy Woo was like, it's a missing town, I was like, Mulder would love this. <laughs> like, you know, and and uh, the whole time travel thing, it, it, it reminded me of a lot of stuff that I like, like Portal and Stanley Parable. Yeah. Like, you know, and so it was like, those are both kind of like alternative, whereas this was like, this felt like this isn't like um, more traditional. Yeah, it's just more traditional, which is like isn't, isn't an insult at all for it to say that it's par for the course. And I think it was really good to have this. I mean, you could have potentially done it as like, okay, well, you could have done it like that too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, potentially, like you could have done it in Captain America Four, like which they are. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like have this whole like. But I, I love the fact that we we get this we got the arc of. Sam. Sam coming to terms with it, you know, out of the way and give it its own time to, like, marinate and really be fleshed yeah, out. I mean, you oh, done, we yeah. didn't even talk about one of my favorite aspects of Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, Isaiah this Bradley. This poor goddamn man. Yeah, I, like, 
So the fact that they brought... I'm so glad that Marvel, like, they make so many good decisions. I was like, you need to acknowledge the baggage that comes with being African-American if yeah, you're going to be African-American. Yeah, exactly. And here's this guy who was just done oh, so dirty. And and not only do they, like, kind of hint at it with, like, the cop scene yeah. with, like, when they're, you know, they're like, is this guy bothering you? And they're like, it's, sir, stay calm. And, like, Sam is like totally calm yeah, and they're just nice. like where's your ID like you don't need an ID to walk around like you don't need an ID to be outside in public like what is this the Gestapo like get away you know but like that happens to black people all the time yeah. but um, Isaiah Isaiah like he I feel like they really went there where you know he was just like they erased my history they've been doing that for 500 she, years he didn't get to say goodbye to his wife yeah yeah and that actually reminded me of a scene uh, with Laverne Cox that I've seen like so it's a fictional scene technically but I feel like it's just representative a lot of like what goes on in like um in the ugly side of history or, or like um the the judicial system like the the prison system basically like um in the first couple of seasons of orange is the new black i think it went on for way too long but like uh the main character is white and she gets i forgot what it's called but it's basically a day pass from jail like if you have a a reason like her reason was she needed she wanted to go to the funeral of her grandmother and laverne cox was like that's nice like um oh but they wouldn't let the black people black prisoners do that yeah i mean she was like you know i forget her name the the white lead i haven't seen um, but she was just like, well, you know, like, it's my grandmother's funeral. Like, it's it's understandable. And Laverne was like, yeah, it's nice that they let you do that. You know, like, my father was dying, and I asked, like, several times for, like, a, a pass, and they denied me each time. And even my father was asking for me. He even stopped using my dead name. He used my new name. Like, w- you know, which would obviously mean so much to her. But, no, she wasn't allowed to see her dad. Mm. And so, like, I feel like Isaiah's story, like it hit on a lot of levels like it 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 wasn't it wasn't contrived or anything and and it felt, like, felt too all too real yeah it felt all too real you know and like uh i think he has a line like are you gonna say that jail is like my fault you know like uh i think he says that to sam that actor was terrific he was at, he he was great he was perfect for the role um and it's funny how i told you i found out like he is like 70 but they had to age him up because he looks, he likes Sam Jackson. He looks like fifteen years younger he's than he 70, is. He's seventy. He's like fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's he takes he, he takes care of himself. Uh, Carl Lumbly is his name. He's more fit than I will ever be. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but also black don't crack. Well, I mean, like that. Like I mean, he's like an older person who's buff. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible. I, I also uh, will say that I. I, again, the only shows that of these three that made me cry was WandaVision and Vision's Farewell. Mm-hmm. But w- that ending scene when he gets the museum exhibit oh, and you yeah, see how emotional that, yeah. that almost got me. Yeah, yeah. That was like, and that was the perfect way to do it. It wasn't really outing Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley because, like, I, yeah. I, I agreed with him. I was like, you know, like, Sam, if you, like, bring this to light, like, Sam or Bucky, like, it's going to go badly for him. Like, people are going to, like, lash out at him. Um, but and he's like, well, I won't sell him where he is, but I'll... Yeah, like, know, and that's how it was great. Happen. There was, like, a statue, you know, like... Yeah, a statue and, and a write-up of... You could yeah. see people were writing... It, it told the story of what happened behind So it him. acknowledged him, but, like, it didn't... It wasn't, like, you know... Here he is! Yeah, it wasn't, like, um, the, like... MTV or like whatever like um, no I don't think he would want to be in the public spotlight yeah no 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 then it would be dangerous for him to be in the public spotlight he he was assumed dead that's what he said yeah and also like if he wasn't like on his knees singing the praises of how much America rules (laughs) I think he would be like a target for violence like I'm right right uh, but uh, racist going after yeah yeah 
Yeah, so any any other notes you want to bring up about this before we move on to our third show? Um, I think it was really good. I think it did a lot of good work on Bucky and Sam. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm glad they got that time. They have a great buddy cop. Uh, not buddy cop, but they, they have a great chemistry. And also, I think, like, the actors have a great chemistry because I think the actors are are kind of similar. Uh, Anthony Mackie's, I think, way more outgoing than Sam because he's just, like, Anthony Mackie's uh, He's super... very animated during interviews. Yeah, but, like, you know, Sam is, like, he's he's a funny guy, and Bucky is just, like, a quiet... He's stoic. A stoic guy. And S- Sebastian San- Stan is, like, famously, like, he he's like introverted and doesn't. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've never seen interviews with him. Uh, well, well, apparently, like the reason why they have so many interviews with him and Anthony Mackie together. So they play off each other. Well, like he wasn't saying enough in interviews, and Disney was like, "This is awkward," and like he's Get being bad in interviews. And the, and Sebastian Stan said one of the executives was like. Put him in a room with Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie will get him to talk because yeah, Anthony Mackie's gonna like jive at him yep. until he does, which he does. You know, like he teases him and gets him to like speak. And I will say, I thought of you when um, Bucky name drops the Hobbit. <laughs> I read it in Hobbit in 1939 when I, it first came out. I think it was 1937. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I love that. Yeah. So and now we move on to the most recent show and the one that we like. I said this was kind of a more, more mutual thing because I saw the first episode with my own, but then watched the whole thing with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki, and in some ways, this is more out there than WandaVision. Like, this is the most high concept, I think. The maybe. thing about Loki is, like, Loki has already been a character in the MCU. He, he like More so than the others. Yeah, I mean, like, Bucky was a character in the MCU for a long time, but he was also, like, n- not... He was brainwashed for one movie. Yeah, and he, like, he was absent for a lot of the first Captain America. And like I said, Infinity War and Endgame, he kind of got a short change. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, like... um well, Loki got, you know, like... Well... But, but Loki's gotten a lot of, like... You know, he shares a lot of the screen time with Thor in Thor movies. Yeah, he got a, yeah. He got a ton. You know, so, like, the, the audience already... And he was the, the main villain. Avengers. Yeah. So, like, the the audience already knew him pretty well, so you didn't really need... Um, they, they do a character breakdown of him that's, I think, brilliant. Um, right. Especially in the first episode. Yeah, this was... Now, I want to say... This was the biggest difference between what I imagined the show was going to be and what it was. Mm-hmm. When this show was first announced, it was like, they did say, like, this is about the, this alternate Loki who escapes after the first Avengers mm-hmm. and goes on a different path. I was like, he's going to be traveling the galaxy and trying to, <laughs> and swindling people and trying to fit things in and stay away from Thanos. And it's like, no, what if there's this higher power that kind of is saying, like, we need to prevent these, these timeline branches. Yeah. And this becomes a show about, about the key of the timeline and Loki is roped into it and... Mm-hmm. I say it's really fascinating. Yeah, I like this one felt like the most like unlike WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier, where like it has a bit of character study, but it wasn't it wasn't about establishing the character. It, there was like, something bigger than Loki going on here. There was a lot of stuff that's like MCU plot, you know, it, like it and, could do like plot. new new ground for the MCU as yeah, well. Yeah, and I feel like it it could do that because you didn't need. Yeah, you didn't need to act like to actually spend that much time establishing who Loki is. You already know, like, right? Everyone, like, but you know. he still. I think this this shows even more than stuff like Ragnarok that like give Loki the right circumstances. He can be a genuine hero. There is yeah. a good side to him. Yeah. Um, and he even admits about like, you know, like kind of being conflicted about his about like wanting to rule the earth and stuff. But mm-hmm. but he just he just felt scared. He was insecure. Oh yeah, that was a great. Like, um, like they do some great character work. I yeah, I do think like he did some bad stuff preliminary in Thor, like relating the Frost Giants. But I think the the 
the, him being the, his adoption being hidden from him kind of messed him up. Yeah, yeah, that was his start of darkness. Yeah, and uh, but also he's he did a lot of like um, you know Thor's like he's my brother. Don't speak ill of him. And he like, killed eighty three people. Yeah, his adopted. <laughs> um, but I, I got to talk about the TV. I think it's the Time Variance Agency. Yeah. Uh, man, I loved the aesthetic of this place. I, these, I did too. These sterile retro halls and offices. I love the the soundtrack for this for Loki in general. Like I mean. The, the soundtrack for the TVA, like, it had this, like, I think it's called a, a theremin or something. It's like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, it's like the instrument you play without touching it or something. Yeah. Um, but it was, like, it was cool, and it was, like, sci-fi. It was, like, Stranger Things, but better. But it was it was just, like, I, I thought the soundtrack just, like, was fire. Like, um, but then I was, I was looking at Mobius's outfit, and I was like, oh, I really like how it's, like, brown and, like, washed out colors. And then I noticed Gugu, I, I call her Gugu. Uh, Ravana Renslayer? <laughs> yeah, Ravana Renslayer. But we've both have been calling her Gugu because they don't say her name that much. Yeah, and her, um, what's the actress's full name again? Gugu Mabatha Raw. I might be saying it wrong. Yeah, like. She's from Bell and some other stuff. I, I knew I knew her from Bell. Doctor and, Who? No, not from I thought she was from Doctor Who. I, I haven't watched Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I watched, like, the Van Gogh thing because I went to the Van Gogh exhibit. My mistake. Yeah, um, but. Like, I'd seen her from Belle, and I knew her first name was Gugu. I couldn't remember her last name, but I, so, like, that's what I would call her. Um, but she had a similar kind of aesthetic to Mobius, where she's got, like, the brown, yeah, like... Yeah, um, these very drab laser. colors. Yeah, and, and it was cool. It, like, it felt kind of um, Stanley Parable-ish, where, like, that was just kind of about the drabness of... The bureaucracy. Uh, yeah, of bureaucracy, basically. But it was also very much about choices and how one different choice leads to like a billion different choices you know yeah and um and we, i mean we, we can't forget about miss minutes miss minutes hey y'all yeah like the miss minutes the biggest jump scare of the mc oh my god you popped the alley and you're like ah. <laughs> and the thing is is like you can't stab her and like you she's know, a hologram she's an ai so she jumps out like hey y'all don't like, do that what can you do unless you're like dr strange or wanda i don't think you can fight her yeah and i told you the cool behind the scenes thing was they got because i'm a geek about voice actors they got uh-huh. one of the biggest in the business uh tara strong who's mm-hmm. like main kid in fairly odd parents she's on rugrats powerpuff girls my little pony like yeah. legend and she did a great job yeah like i don't know any of like I, her I, roles yeah i don't know her roles but i will say like miss minutes did a great job like she put in just the right amount of like kind of sinister but not like yeah. not mustache twirling where you're overdoing it no it, it's because you got you haven't got the sense she was she was hiding stuff yeah she's she just totally like was. something had to get worked out you know she had like this little sketchiness oh yeah even her. to Gugu, she was like i, I have to do some other stuff yeah 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 oh. um Oh, and then she was like, they're like, we decide our own destiny. And she's like, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> screw you, Miss Minutes. So what do you think Miss Minutes is now, actually? Oh, we'll, we'll get to okay, the finale. Okay. But I, I want to also say, this absolutely feels like the biggest and most expensive of all the shows. Because they go globe hopping. They go planet hopping. Like, a lot <gasps> of different yeah. places. They, mm-hmm. they go to a planet that's blowing up around it, them. It, it did feel kind of like a Thor movie in that way. Like, well, it should. Like, yeah, yeah, degree. yeah. Um, but it's it's I, I mean I'm happy it wasn't just in these offices and, yeah. and stuff. Um, but even like even a lot of stuff on Earth when they go to that place that's being hit by a hurricane in the near future, mm-hmm. and you get these big like these big landscape shots. I mean I'm sure it was all CG, but it was still like that. That takes work. That takes time. That takes money. And yeah, and it looks really good. I feel like something I appreciate about Loki um, that I haven't heard anyone talk about is I, I feel like there's kind of like a an undercurrent of environment. It, like environmental importance and like climate change. Um, like, they talk about it when they're going through the disasters. Yeah, and I feel like people don't talk about it.
about it that much, but you know, they're like, okay, it's not the climate disaster of 2048. And, and then like Alabama, I think it like barely touches the water, but it's like getting like, like eaten by the ocean basically when we right, see Right, rising water levels. Yeah. And, um, actually one of the voices you hear in the big, um, like the finales, like when they have all a culmination of yeah, so many about voices. Yeah, there's a lot of movie clips, but then some other stuff. Yeah, you also have real life stuff, and one of them is Greta Greenberg. Oh, uh, uh, Thunberg. Greta. Something. Yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 how dare you girl. Yeah, it, you hear how dare you? That's what you hear. Oh, okay, I think it's Thunberg. No, how dare they? Sorry. Yeah, I think it's Greta Thunberg. Okay. You know, you, people know. People know. She's a big. Girl. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but I think people also said there's Mandela in there. Mm-hmm. There's Mandela. I think there's who was that former like you tel- pointed out. There's you hear a baby crying and it's the baby Loki as a frost giant. I didn't. I didn't figure that. That out. is, <laughs> but you. But you. But somebody. Did. I saw the Easter egg. That's yeah. a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. I can't believe they like, but oh, like talk about attention to detail. Yeah, I would also say. Um, I think that the show had a lot of fun with the concept of variants because they show like some hologram Loki variants, like a bodybuilder one and uh-huh. so a sports player one. They also but introduced then, my new favorite character in the MCU. I think I know who that is. Is this he? Does he wade in a pool? Yes. Alligator Loki, the mm-hmm. most important character. Yeah, they have a bob, like a Funko Pop of him, but I want a stuffed animal that I can just like give it time. snuggle with. Give it time. As I go to sleep. I'll bet people online will make some too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just love the fact that it's an alligator, but he has the helmet with the horns. Uh, like, and people were just like, you know, like Loki was like, "That's Loki." I was like, "Yeah, it's Loki." Why are you being so weird about it? Like, did I tell species? you the re- the way they came up with him being an alligator? How they were like, "Well, alligators are green." <laughs> I mean, in mythology, Loki is. Freaky as shit. You were talking, telling me about this. He's the father of the world serpent, the snake that circles so the entire world. So he fucks a snake, okay. Um, uh, no, I don't know if he, he necessarily fucks snakes. Like, it's, it's I love that as a sentence that I have you say, I don't know if he necessarily fucks snakes. Well, at one point, and we know he likes to turn into snakes to stab people. Um, Red, me. <laughs> and he's also the father of Fenrir, who they fought and killed in Ragnarok. Um, oh, okay. And then he's the mother of an eight-legged horse. And like, and I was just like, Loki... He's the mother of an eight-legged uh, Like, the alligator thing is not weird. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Alligator Loki, you... And it's probably like... One you of the also most, like, get... <laughs> old Loki, Kid Loki, Black Loki. Uh, I think yeah, it's postal Loki. And postal Loki, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And of course Sylvie, which is a cool ta- cool take on things. Yeah, and I heard Sylvie's kind of like kind of like one movie she's like She a, is a mixed mouth. with a couple yeah. characters, mm-hmm. uh, Enchantress and another variant I think variation of that character. I think there's like well there's Lady Loki, but there's also like a character named Sylvie, I think. Yeah, a different version of the Enchantress I was looking up earlier. Oh, okay. Uh, but I think this might be their take on that character, but it's mm-hmm. also it's it's kind of their own spin on an amalgamating couple. Yeah. But there isn't there isn't a one to one Sylvie, even though there's a character named that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but she yeah, definitely she, enchants people. <laughs> yeah, she is. She. I loved her possession uh, thing before she was being shown. Um. Oh, like. The, and the second episode where like she's possessing different people in the store and using yeah. them as a mouthpiece before we get the twist. Oh, that was of who fun. That was really fun. I love it when actors do that. When actors have to play and like you know like. Yeah. Um, Captain America, uh, like Loki yeah. being Captain America, yeah. that kind of um, stuff. And I've heard people point out, um, it's that's a cliche in cartoons, the body swap mm-hmm. thing. But I love it when they do it and they don't, and they keep the voices this, the same to mm-hmm. the actors. Like they don't give them the other voice. Like um, there's actually a Sonic, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon, Sonic Boom did that with Sonic and the villain, uh-huh. and they had to have those actors channel each other. So yeah, that was, that and it's really, fun. it's really fun when like actors can do that. Well, like um, probably I, a fun challenge. Uh, like. Um, I noticed a lot of, like, parallels between the first Avengers movie and Buffy um, because I've watched a lot of, like, the Whedon shows, but I also watched Dollhouse, which is one of the less 
less right. watched one, but that one has so much of actors like, like um, channeling somebody else's energy, and some of them are so good at it. I, actually, I noticed him. I was rewatching Avengers, and he was like a random cop. His name is Enver Enver something, mm. um, but he was like a main character in Dollhouse. He was a random cop in Avengers, but he he's like so good at channeling another actor's energy. I was like, oh, it's like you stole their soul. Like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, um, I will say this had my favorite reaction for you because we're talking about <laughs> how Ravana or Goo Goo uh, before you know the revelation that pruning is not murdering mm-hmm. and I think I think it'll upset a lot of people in episode four when she prunes Mobius mm-hmm. you just very matter of factly shouted bitch <laughs> the thing is I actually that was one of the things that was spoiled for me but I, I think it the way it happened was it was so sad it was gut wrenching because like, he knew he was screwed and, and he, he, and he gave ski. that beautiful like he's like you know where I'd go and, and Owen Wilson can channel such like sincerity and like you know just you root for him um, and also like you know I've seen him in so many Wes Anderson thing, things I'm like that's my Owen Wilson don't touch him how many times did I do a wow <laughs> and every time you laughed well like it's so funny how universal, like all, you know, like among the fandom, like a lot. He got pruned. Some people were like, not even one wham. Like we didn't even get a wham from yeah. him. Wham. <laughs> anyway, maybe it's in his contract. He's like, I'm not saying wham. <laughs> it might have been that. It might have been them. So going, mm-hmm. let's move away from Stocko and Wilson and do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he looked totally different. Yeah, he. I thought uh, that he'd gotten like visibly older, but I think a lot of that is makeup. Yeah, no, I saw an interview with him about Mobius, um, and he looked like Owen Wilson again. Because when I saw him, I was like, oh my god, how much time has passed? Yeah. I was like, Owen Wilson looks like that? I'm having oh a, like <laughs> existential crisis all of a sudden. But it was fake. It was yeah. Movie magic. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is good, though. I think it helped make I him will, that I character. will also recommend to everybody, and I'll probably include a sound clip in this episode, <laughs> uh, The light. The, somebody took the opening lightsaber fight from Revenge of the Sith <laughs> and replaced all lightsaber noises with wow <laughs> there's a lot of great wow clips out there <laughs> yeah um but let's talk about the revelations of the finale because i think this might have some the biggest overarching the biggest, yeah. things uh he who remains yeah oh my god like this is so funny because after the mephisto because they were like it's gonna be mephisto it's gonna be mephisto they put so many hints the devils in the detail, details Rick that's them and spawn, spawn. yeah yeah and like they were just like it's mephisto and so nope. that, like people were like okay I, I, we learned our lesson like and you know the, like Eliath. Eliath is related to oh, yeah. Kang. Uh, can I just say real quick, uh-huh. the, the Void and Eliath, that's like one of my favorite settings in Marvel now. Oh, it's uh, so out there. And Eliath was like genuinely cool and terrifying. Yeah, he was kind of, I mean, I loved uh, the Great Protector, the dragon in uh That was also cool. We talked about that. But Eliath, I was like, this is awesome. This is badass. Yeah, it was kind of like the, the tiger, like... Uh, cave in Aladdin, you know? It reminded me of, I don't think you played it, um, Breath of the Wild, Calamity Ganon, who's the main villain. Oh. This kind of uh, oppressive force of uh-huh. the castle. You, you can see imprints of a face in this cloud mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's the same same idea, so... Oh, like, Lost, there's a smoke monster, but the smoke monster yes. was not personified like no, Eliath. No. Eliath was I've awesome. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so we get to the center and it's... It's Kang. It's so funny. Like, nobody was like, no, they're like, it's not Kang, it's not Kang. Well, I mean, it's not technically Kang, but it's a, it's a variant. Right. It's Kang. a variant. And, mm-hmm. a, and, a but, and he spells out these, these big invocations about the multiverse and Kang being this big threat who, like, multiple versions of him discovered uh, dimensional travel and one of them was really violent about this kind of stuff and he's, and he's kind of doing this to protect people, but he's, he's screw, screwing over a lot of people in well, the process. there's a lot, you know, like, if you're like, 
I don't know. I know there's Team Sylvie, as in, like, I agree with Sylvie's decision. I don't know if the other team is, like... Team Loki. Maybe it's Team Loki. But, like, Loki wasn't even saying, like, let's not do it. He was like, let's just think about it. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was like, I gotta do this. I've been doing my whole life in this moment. He's like, yeah. think outside of us for once. Think well, about what about this means for everybody else. It's true, but, like... You know, the getting the decision wrong could have, like, terrible implications for their universe. But already, like, if you don't do anything, it's still having terrible implications for, like, countless other universes. So it's like, if you get this wrong, you add one more universe to that, like, that, that tally of universes that are getting screwed. But, like, you know, trying to fix it, trying to set it right, like, you're saving not just one universe, but a, maybe a bunch. infinite amount of yeah. others. Yeah. So, but and I'm a bit Team Sylvie. Okay, but yeah, but then we get to the end, and well, and one, yeah. I think one thing that's different is that I think the first two shows are a one and done deal. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we move on to Captain America. I don't think you can replicate WandaVision. Yeah, no, you can't really do that again and have the same impact. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she can't like you can't make her go through grief like another time. That, just, that, like, that would feel very forced. You've been through so. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, this. That's the credits, the stinger. Oh, it's like, like, we're not done, motherfucker. We're, I thought they were going to continue it in Ant-Man, but then I... Movie. Like, I mean, they still season. might. They're I still... don't know which, which is going to come out first. Like, I think Loki season two. I hope it will. I don't, I don't know, actually. <laughs> uh, I think cause Ant-Man is still... I, I, I can't remember if, that, if that's next year or two years away. I know, I think we have Eternals and um, uh, No Way Home. And then I think Doctor Strange is the next one. Oh, Multiverse of Madness. Which I'm very excited for because Sam Raimi can do some crazy shit. And, mm-hmm. and I wonder if Kang will show up in that. Hey, anything's possible with this multiverse <laughs> thing. I know, yeah. We're getting multiple Kangs. We're getting old old Spider-Man is new again. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, some people are saying one of the reasons why Wanda might be able to hear her children. I mean, she's a Nexus. Oh, baby. another version of them. Well, yeah, I mean, it was like... Maybe they exist in another universe or something, yeah. and like maybe that was overlapping with what was happening in Loki, where the the universes were starting to branch. But also, Wanda's a nexus being. So, dude, you just be. made me remember because um, we need to watch. You have not seen Into the Spider Verse yet. Mm-hmm. That's not MCU connected for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it dives. In, it I mean, it's in the title, Into the Spider Verse. It mm-hmm. delves delves with the idea of the most different, different you know variants of not variants but different versions, of different yeah, universes yeah, yeah. of Spider Man. Uh-huh. And the kingpin is the main villain of that. His goal is that he lost his wife and kid, and he wants to find a version of them in another universe that he can take into his own. Oh, dude. Um, Loki, like, besides reminding me of, like, Portal and Stanley Parable, um, I, I, everyone says it's like Rick and Morty. I haven't seen that. But I Rick was and Morty just is, like, is more dimension hopping, yeah. I was like, when I saw it, I was like, Bioshock Infinite, like, go back in time, kill Comstock. Like, I was like, it's so, like... I don't. I guess the the solution in Bioshock Infinite is like easier than I think they made it like uh, intentionally much yeah. more difficult in Marvel. But I was like, oh, dude, I've I've played this. I can do it. I know how to it's defeat funny. it. It's <laughs> funny. I'm reading. Uh, I did read the inf- their main influences for for the show weren't so much that stuff you're naming. Uh-huh. A lot of '80s fantasy like Terry Gilliam movies like Brazil and Time Bandits. If you ever heard of those? Gil- who Gilliam? Terry Gilliam. He was oh, part okay. of Monty Python. Then he did a bunch of. Okay. It. Oh yeah. No. He had like a heyday in the '80s. Mm-hmm. I don't think they mentioned Blade Runner. I wouldn't. I didn't really see that much there. But mm-hmm. you know, eighties sci-fi and fantasy. They said like for, for part of that like informed the aesthetic. And did the they, oh, the aesthetic. But did they did they do multiverse stuff in them? I want to say no. I've only seen parts of Brazil and Time like, Bandits. But, totally but, but Time Bandits is a time travel spanning movie. Okay, I mean for the aesthetic, yeah. And I think that's the wise choice because like to just go full on futuristic will make it dated. So to make it like or generic. And, 
generic, but also like you know when I when I look back at like older films and then they're making everything futuristic, I'm like, oh, this is very dated, you know. But if you like kind of like an Interstellar, uh, Nolan said he wanted the spaceships like he wanted them to have like an old feel, right? Like like an old like IBM computer kind of thing, um, because then it's sort of like by steps, like it, it doesn't feel like an incorrect prediction of the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm actually trying to, to come to terms with that for, like, I'm making this sci-fi cartoon spacious, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do some world building, but I'm trying to make it, like, maybe just, like, that stuff that's so far removed from, like, our, our evolving technology that it won't it won't feel dated because it's not like there's a, paral- there's a parallel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, not just, like, you know, like the, what, the, the next generation what of What the main I'm having is that, like, everything has, like, its own individual power, power source, so, like, people will put up ads that are, like, will eventually, like, fade away their holograms, and they'll fade away after a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Like, that, yeah, like I like that. that. Um... They kind of had stuff like that in Minority Report, which has some of my favorite future like. I, I haven't seen that casting. stuff in theaters. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, but the fact that this kind of ends with kind of like a swing, like a kind of a gut, gut punch. Yeah. I feel where like yeah. now it looks like maybe Kang has altered the timeline, or Loki's in a in a variant universe or something, and Mobius doesn't know him. I know, and I like. One, the multiverse confuses me in general, but like I'm assuming there's only one TVA. I don't know. Yeah, but it, and now it's got it's they <laughs> the Time Lord idea is gone. Now it's just Kang. That's so sad. Well, I, mean, I, don't, not, I don't give a shit about the Time Lords because like Mobius and B15. Like right, I actually right. care about them. I mean, the Time Lords were Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. Yeah. <laughs> so who cares? But um, yeah, it's I I'm intrigued to see where they go with this and where they go where like by the time if if. To the last season, like where where is where are we going to leave this Loki? I wonder if what will his place in the MCU be by then? I wonder if the second season they'll fade, like if they'll they'll transfer the mantle of Loki to Sylvie or something, because you know, like they are introducing all these new characters. It's like you know, Phase Four. you know, these actors have been doing it for a long time. I, I don't know. That that thought just occurred to me. And I'm like, if yeah, that happens, I could, I could be, like, crushed. But Yeah, I could see Tom Hiddleston wanting to move on after season two, but it, it's we'll see what he feels and how what they feel, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? The mm-hmm. It's not always as predictable as, as people make it out to be. This, I didn't, this I didn't expect it to end that way. I, I don't think I... I don't know if I, I knew if there was a season two or not. I can't remember. I don't think they announced it until it ended. Um... But I mean, like I saw, like we we saw kind of like a, a few months after it come out, like two. Or right, months and or I so. think I had read that they were going to do a season two, but I, I still. Was I don't like, know if I knew that, but like the way it ended, I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Fudge, yeah, like yeah, I Darcy didn't say would say. Fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, any any more particular thoughts on Loki that you wanted to talk about? Uh, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> that's oh, that's right. That, for, that's the whole of thought. That's, for the initiate, for those who don't know her in real life, which I'm guessing is most of our listeners, Mia is a huge Loki fan. Um, I was just like, for those who don't know her, I mean, like half the pop, like I would say, like probably seventy percent of the population. I'm maybe until people disagree with me, but I'm going to believe seventy percent of the population is in love with Tom Hiddleston. So that's I thought we were going to say seventy percent population knows he knows you. No. <laughs> No, but I mean, like, who doesn't love Tom Hiddleston? That was my I, whole thought. I love him, but not in a he's-so-dreamy kind of way. And actually, I think I remember telling you um, when I watched the, the Thor 1, yeah. The Avengers, with my our, my grandmother, uh-huh. she really hated Loki. She was like, when he, like, lied to Thor, she's like... Did you tell her that I... I not, well... Uh, yes, yes, yeah, but I, I did say me. he has a following, and she was just like, he's a rotten thing. Did Boy, you, that Loki, he is the worst. Did you tell her, like, Mia likes <laughs> I, I first said he has a following of girls to think he's the sexiest thing online, uh-huh. online and then I did say, like, like yeah, Mia really likes him. <laughs> I know. She was like, really, Loki? 
I'm glad Mimi never brought it up with me. She was too polite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess that's going to bring things to a close. This is going to be a, a meaty episode, as I hoped it would be. Yeah, well, uh, Marvel. Is, I could talk about Marvel. We have we talked could do about... We this all day. <laughs> we have talked at length on phones uh-huh. uh, for hours. Yeah, we didn't end. mean to yesterday. But this we hit two hours a day as well. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and I, uh, I I think now is a good time as, many, as any for me to wrap things up and get to bed. Mm-hmm. But, um... I want to thank you again for, for coming on and, and taking time out to Thanks come over me. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to do it again at some point. Maybe we can do other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But we can also do more Marvel. Who am I kidding? It's, it's, it's not like they're gonna, we're going to be starved for material. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm like, you know, we had a dry spell where we weren't. Last like, year. Yeah, you know, we didn't have Marvel stuff, but it's come back, and now I'm back in it, and I'm like, oh, it's so great to be back in a fandom and like obsessed with something. Yeah, I need to do more drawings. I, think, I was thinking about doing one of like, Loki, Wanda, and Sam, where we leave them at the end of each show. Oh. So like, he's got the garb, he's got the Captain America, he's like the office worker with the, with mm-hmm. the show sword. I'm like, new era for familiar faces. Oh, okay. um, but it's going to be exciting to see where they where they take them since he's like, none of these shows, it's like, this. that's it for this character. It's like, no, yeah. maybe your show, we've got more planned. Uh-huh. And I, it'll be curious to see what, what happens. But, uh-huh. um, so I just wanted to ask, like, uh, where can people uh, find you on social media? Um, if anyone's still on Tumblr, I have a Tumblr called Pate uh, the Novice. Uh, that's like P-A-T-E, the novice, all one word. And it's after an extremely obscure character in A Song of Ice and Fire. He nice. appears in like one chapter. <laughs> nice. Uh, me, you can find me at Behan Art, B-E-H-O-N-A-R-T, on Twitter, Tumblr. Uh, Instagram and um, I think it's a for that account. Oh, I, I guess DeviantArt has like an old username that I use sometimes. And you can find uh, I'm also I'm hosting the WarioWare Gold Reanimated collab at Wario Reanimated. Uh, Boba Bo out of contact at Boba Bo OOC. Mia's Kryptonite. Um, and you can find again you can find this show on Facebook and Twitter at Sketchwatch Play. I'm actually setting up an Instagram for it at Sketchwatch Play. I think yeah it's already open. I just haven't added so yet. You're welcome to follow it there. I'd love for community interaction from that as well. Um, and you can also join the Discord server, Diamond City Knights, that I list in the episode description, where we talk about the this show, the the uh, the, collab, the Wario collab, and all sorts of gaming news and uh, uh, current current cartoon and, and and animation personal projects. We're actually recording this the day I know you don't care. We're recording this the day that Sora got announced for Smash Brothers, and holy shit, I screamed. Uh, go back to our Kingdom Hearts episode. That was a fun talk. Um, I know Mia's like who? Well, that's fine. Like you know, I was scream. I was like, I was like Michelle Yao, yeah, scream. Like you know, we've all that was my Michelle Yao, yeah, <laughs> the big key. Um, but yeah, we. I don't have. I don't know what the next episode is going to be. I do think I know Dave Roberts. If you're listening to this, because I haven't talked, reached out to you yet. I think I, I can get our original plan for this holiday theme movie that I wanted to do. I think I can get it to you. So we have a really cool, obscure, but awesome pick coming up for the, for our Christmas episode. Is it Christmas themed? It's very Christmas themed. It's <laughs> awesome. And more people need to see it. And uh, I will leave it on that note. I, I'm i trying to think about like a good uh, send-off line from one of these shows. You could say like Vision's incredibly depressing line, but they're like, that's depressing. I don't know. Maybe just like pretend that we're I got it no I got it okay we've said goodbye before so it stands to reason we'll say hello again okay good good night everybody